Hey, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Greg Killian. And this is the From First to Last podcast. We're back, baby. Hey, welcome to the From First to Last podcast. It's a podcast with my friend Craig and I. We get together each week. We work our way through a director's theatrical filmography from the first film all the way through to their last. And Craig, it's season three. Woohoo! We are back, baby. Damn. Damn. We've had some time <laughs> off. It's been crazy. It has. Sicknesses, colds, flus, I know. just scheduling. We're back. We are. We're back in a room. We are. We are. We're in the new Cineful Studios. Yeah, it's um, good too. It's looking good. We bought a new rug yesterday. Oh, ooh, thanks flashy. to our non-sponsors Bunnings, who uh, knocked a good discount off. Oh, good. Don't, good. Don't ask. Don't get, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my wife. We appreciate that. <laughs> so, Craig, I'm really excited because we've. Uh, if I think of a timeline for from first to last, yeah. It's probably been, I don't know, what would you say, six, seven, we're at, when are we? What month is this? June? Oh, shit. We're recording uh, in June. June. We're recording June. early, yeah, people. Yeah, recording. Yeah. Uh, so it's June. Um, so we're talking, it's been eight months since we first launched this beautiful podcast. Wow. Eight I months, know. man. Crazy town, huh? Feels like years. And not <laughs> it in a bad be. way. It no. just feels like... Feels like I've always been doing this podcast. It's, it's but I guess I've always been talking shit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> two blokes sitting on a couch. Yeah, two blokes sitting on the couch. <laughs> so it just feels like we've always been talking shit. Yeah, well, we've only I, now got microphones next let's, to us. Let's be honest. Uh, Ten plus years of friendship, we have been <laughs> so many years of shit. <laughs> so we we made a list of our directors for the first five seasons. Yep. And so we're at the midway point of volume one. Yeah. It's crazy because uh, when I think of the directors that we picked, yeah, I'd say we've got three directors that were neutral directors that would be great to listen to. Yeah. And then you and I probably picked one director each that was just like a, how about this one? Nick Janopoulos. And, and look, <laughs> Nick's on his way. Poulos, Janopoulos. Nick's on his way. <laughs> he's got to be on his um, way. He's, what was the one I saw the other day, the new stage show that he's pa- not he's part of, but I think he's a producer and sort of does Super Wogs. Oh, Super Wogs. <laughs> oh, wow, man. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the Wog boy. So no, good. No way. So I'm really excited because today I think, um, I'm going to say it from the get-go, uh, I had no clue how varied... Sam Raimi's uh, filmography was. Oh, man. It's until we awesome really had a deep dive into it at the end of season two. It's very exciting, man. It's very exciting. It's 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 like you go from horror to comedy to a bit farce, of romance. To, yeah, to heists, to crime, to thriller. Westerns. I know. Awesome. It's, it's going to be so much fun. I know. It's going to be a blast. So I'm really keen to get into it. But before we do, last season we talked um, everything Zack Snyder. Everything. Like Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, uh, it was, um, if season one with Robert Zemeckis was a love letter to a great director. Yep. This was a, a notepad filled with s- random red yes, scribbles of a crazy scribbles. Red. Um, 
as to just in the end, I think we were just really disappointed for what could have been that never yeah. got actualized. Yeah, it was actually, um, ironically, it it felt longer than the Zemeckis season. <laughs> <laughs> It just felt longer. (laughs) He had more than half of Zemeckis' filmography. So there was like, I think Robert Zemeckis had 19 films at the time. Zack Snyder, eight films. Eight films. And literally, I'm glad I I missed doing this, but I'm glad we had a break because I think I needed just a few weeks to just watch some random films. And hopefully people have been following us on Facebook to see what we've been watching. We've been throwing things here and there up. Uh, but I think the break was good, Craig. Oh, the break was great. The break was great. You and feeling energized? I'm feeling very energized. You know, I have coffee here, so I'm, I'm oh, incredibly energized. Oh, snap. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if I've left the... You know, my job to jump into the Snyder season was to um, get a refreshed, revamped look on Zack Snyder. Yeah. And throwing these couple of weeks off, yeah, I think I was pretty much the same place where I started. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's for different reasons, though, Craig? Because like, it's, it's, it's for different reasons. It's for different reasons. Yeah, it's, when we started, you really uh, Man of Steel was a sticking point for yeah, you, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Which, admittedly, I enjoy Man of Steel heaps more now. Yeah, as did uh, I. But the rest of it, yeah, I just. Uh, uh, yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Well, Craig, do we <laughs> want good on you, guys? Yeah, I love it. Uh, look. Um, I learned that it doesn't matter how many films a director makes, fans can be just as fervent uh, in a short film span than a large film span. And I don't care how many um, opinions you throw at me, it doesn't make it fact. (laughs) (laughs) You can throw as many opinions at me. You can show this person's opinion versus this person's opinion. Yep. And they're all opinions. Yeah, <laughs> yep, indeed. Hey, while we've been on the break, Craig, have you watched anything good? This I'm not putting you on the spot. Have you been in the, the movies lately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched um, Detective Pikachu. And how was it? That was so fun, man. Really? Oh, it was so fun. Ryan Reynolds makes the film. Oh. Um, and so is how's, Justice how's Justice? Smith. Man, he's good. He's good. Because he drove me a bit crazy in Ju- um, Jurassic World. Oh yeah, he was a bit crazy in Jurassic World. Just but no, he was he was actually quite good in this. You could see how um people could be leaning towards him for a couple okay. of films. Cool, um, cool. But yeah, Ryan Reynolds makes that film. Yeah, Ryan uh, Reynolds makes any film. Yeah, doesn't exactly, he? exactly. It's such a it's it's but the effects and everything on it are just top budget, man. Uh, Seriously, they haven't skimped on anything on. I've it. missed it. It's good. It's it's gone. I'll have to wait till it comes out on mm. uh, Blu-ray. I can't think of anything else I've watched, man. I can't yeah. think of anything else. We, we Just m- apart from, like, I watched the end of Constantine again. <laughs> love watching the end of that movie, I love don't Constantine, you? man. I'm like, yes, I know. I've read the comic books, guys, and I know he's nothing like it. Like, the, the, the TV series, that character's heaps like it. But, you know, I, I just can't get angry at Keanu Reeves. I'm sorry, guys. Can and I he say, plays the swagger of Constantine beautifully. I flat out love Keanu Reeves. Yeah. But what I don't love... Is how much people are like, oh man, going hard on him. At oh, the they're going hard on him. Yeah. They're trying to go for man of the year and stuff like that. Oh, and rightly so. Like he's a top, by all accounts, he's yeah, a beautiful human. Yeah, but you're up against people who are like curing diseases, and, yeah, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, County's sitting sadly on a bench somewhere. You know? <laughs> we did. We did watch um, Netflix's Always Be My Maybe. Oh really? In which is that any good? It was really funny. 
It was I like, like that guy you know as what? an actor. It was just one of those right level. You know those nights where you're just like, I need a sweet, funny, romantic comedy. Romantic comedy? Yeah. And it was just perfect. And Keanu has one of the best cameos in it. Awesome. Have you seen the cameo? Yeah, yeah. I've seen bit, I've seen clips of it. He's so funny. Especially they um context for people at home. They're the two high school sweethearts. They never really ever fall in love. Yeah. So but they they sort of reconnect and old mate feels like he's got a chance and then she Starts Keanu. hooks up with Keanu Reeves, so they go on a double well, date. Literally, he's, he's playing it's Keanu. playing Keanu yeah. Reeves, and the scene in the fancy restaurant, um, as they're <laughs> like, it's so funny. There's a scene where for dessert they have fairy floss bubbles, <laughs> and there's this guy with a giant like bubble blower that blows these monstrous big solid <laughs> sugar bubbles all over them, and Keanu's like excitedly popping them on himself. <laughs> it's like the best thing in the world. So, But yeah, always been my baby. It was quite good. Um, I really haven't been to the cinema. We've been moving house and yeah. setting the house up, and uh, as Craig mentioned, that we've got all our sickness out of our system <laughs> in, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. in the break, so I'm glad that's all, all done and dusted. Uh, we, I've just been watching. We, we churned Craig through uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, really? We, yeah, we really, when we got some free time, we just sat down and did that. So we just finished the fifth season. I watched some um, clips of that the other day. It's, it's really <laughs> listen, just a Ghost Rider. Their their character <laughs> development. At first, I didn't like Ghost Rider, mm. but he really grows into Ghost Rider in it, and they create a real cool mythology around the character of Ghost Rider as well. Oh, um, Ghost Rider's mythology is awesome. Yeah, in the and, comic books. And I used it, to love it. I used to it gives it. way more mythology than like the Nicolas Cage films. Actually, did you see <laughs> with a Vengeance? Pardon? Ghost Rider with a Vengeance. The second one with Idris Elba. Idris Elba. I watched. I probably watched the end. No, I've watched it. Yeah, I watched it. It's, it's horrible. Cr- it's 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 not great. Um, but you'd expect it more with those directors. And they're really clever. They're wild directors. Wild directors. Wild directors yeah. You know what I mean? I, but you I think know my movies. love of gamer. Yeah, oh, I know. Man, I love that movie. Man, that's hardcore gamer. So, Jesus. Well, anyways, Craig, should we get into it? Yes, we do. We'll get into it because we are so excited to to really dive into Sam yeah, Raimi, same, man. Same. I, I've done a bit of done a bit of research. I've actually been prepping this episode for a little bit. I took I took some feedback from last season, which is to ensure that the research is uh, top notch. Oh, so come I, on! Listen, I'm gonna. You know what? All feedback, I'll take it on board. No, I'll listen true. to you. It's true, obviously. And if it helps me grow, but I've always thought they're top notch. Well, thanks, Craig. Okay. I always thought it was top notch. I just wanted to lift my game more. Once again, opinion is not fact. That's true. <laughs> Here's some facts. I've worked harder. So there Ooh, we go. Oh. There's some fact for you. Jeffrey, fact. Fact. Hard. Them the facts. All right. So for those people at home who have no idea, Craig, who Sam Raimi is, <laughs> which, do you know what? One of the main reasons that we, we decided we wanted to do this is to really... Uh, be an outlet in which we could talk about films we love, yep. but also highlight to people directors so they learn their names. Yeah. And and we picked our list of uh, directors because we didn't feel people would know their names per yeah, se. Yeah, definitely. You know, we could have just gone, season one, Steven, Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. That's exactly right. And... Like what I love is whenever I talk to friends about the podcast or, or listeners about it, they always ask, do you think you'll ever do 
Tarantino. Yeah, do you ever I get think asked you'll that do Spielberg. You know, those sorts of things. And look, I'd love to, but you know who they are. I just go, don't fucking touch me. <laughs> <laughs> On third season, first to last podcast, man. Don't, don't even talk to me. What do you don't talk to me? I'm not here for that. Just email. I'm not here for that. Info at FFTL podcast. Hey, just get your shit to there. (laughs) 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 Not only joking. Whenever someone someone talks to me about the podcast, I actually get really nervous and stuff. Hey, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. You like the podcast? Thank you. I get get all blushy (laughs) and stuff. Like, oh, that's really nice. Thank you very much. I do love (laughs) when they suggest directors. I love when they suggest directors, man, because they suggest good stuff. 100%. Because it's not like... Very rarely we do get the Spielberg, you know, yeah. the they more yeah. ask out of just, would you ever do Spielberg? You know what I mean? It's, But they give you, they go, I know this director, you know, because everyone, usually, yes. like all the movie buffs love, they have a certain director, you know, like my Tarsum Singh, you know, they, yep. they have these little directors yeah. that they, they hide away. Last, yeah. in season one, we had uh, one of our listeners um, suggested Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, and I man. I was like, whoa. I know, you go, whoa. And you look at, you look at a young DB, you go, wow, yeah. man. <laughs> it would make that would be so fun. Listening, so it? fun. So, we really hope that Sam Raimi's one of those directors. Oh, because I think, I think he is, he is. man. Because yeah. I think when you look at everything on his thing, I've seen them all, except yeah. for A Simple Plan. Well, I think there's a couple I haven't seen. This is There's a lot of unknown quantity here for oh, me. Oh, sorry, in Crime Wave. Oh, Crime Wave. <laughs> True that. So we're going to sort of mix up our, our order for this intro episode today. Yeah, cool. We'll be back to normal programming next week. Um, but for those people at home who may not know about Sam Raimi, Craig, Let's just hear about it. Born October 23, 1959, Sam Raimi grew up in Michigan with his parents and five siblings. During his childhood, Raimi developed a love of magic and dabbled as an amateur magician until one day his father brought home a Super 8 camera and everything changed. He fell in love with the art of filmmaking and over a span of seven years, Raimi and his band of friends made over a dozen short films and one feature-length film called It's Murder. At the age of 21, his first feature film, The Evil Dead, was released. The Evil Dead is now considered a cult horror classic and was a catalyst for a career that has spanned almost 40 years, seen 14 feature films directed and numerous films and TV shows produced. His imaginative approach to storytelling has cemented Sam Raimi as one of the most in-demand and highest-grossing directors of all time. Let's talk about Sam Raimi. All right. So good. Now we have an understanding of Raimi sort of up until he started as dabbling in being. film. Yeah. You know, that sort of history. Yes. I love it. Very exciting. Samuel. Um, so before we really dive into his... His past, his present, yep. and his future. Yep. What do you What do you expect from this season, Craig? Oh wow! Um, fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, very fun. Like, um, and uh, you know, I'm trust me, guys. I'm not going Snyder bashing, but watching all the Snyder films one after the other. Yeah. It's 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 a very similar tone across the board. It is. Um, and it's not always you know, it's not always very happy go lucky. And look, guys, I'm Marvelite, so yeah, I like a bit of Happy Go Lucky. Yeah. Um. You know, going through all these, you know, you could see there's, there's, 
there's there's some dark times, but there's some there's a lot of whimsy in his yes. in his films, and yes. you know, like Christ, even if you go to um, Evil Dead, there's a lot of whimsy. Yep, mm. totally, totally, and I do love um, like for me, there's like I said before, there's so much unknown quantity. Like I'm not a horror fan. <laughs> Neither um, am I, man. Neither am I. And so I've seen Evil Dead too. But purely because it's like one of those films that people are like, you have to see Evil Dead 2. Wow. You know? Oh, I can't um, wait for Evil Dead 2, man. I can't either because I, I think um, I love that we'll have seen a couple films before it. Yeah, exactly. And we know where it's coming from. Yes, definitely. Whereas for me, I had no knowledge of Evil Dead, the first one. Yeah. Or The Evil Dead, as they the call Evil it. Um, I had no knowledge of that. So then I go watch Evil Dead 2. Is the evil and dead or evil dead? It's the I'm evil just dead. Curious, curious and then there's and curious. then it's evil dead two, ah. dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Dead yeah, by dawn. <laughs> we've heard Craig do that. And then I the third part that. that's still the is, in the world for me. is army of darkness. Oh, I love army. Of and um, a really fun fact, actually, while we do that little thing, um, I didn't make a note of it, but it just popped into my head is that there was a time where. Um, another studio started developing a fourth installment of Evil Dead. Aha! Uh-huh. Um, to which Sam Raimi actually sued. I think it was around 2013-ish. Um, uh, and the reasoning for it was they said that um, he'd left the franchise sort of untouched for so long. Yeah. And made so many comments about how he'd had enough of being in that world. Yeah. That it gave them the rights to take control of the Evil Dead rights. Wow, that's flimsy as hell. I know. So, naturally, uh, that didn't pan out for the studio. Yeah. And then what Raimi ended up... What would make even think that? Yeah, I know. Crazy, is it? make them think crazy. that? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like so, you've left your car out the front for ages, so I'm just going to take it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, well, you, it's just been sitting there for like a week, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. That parcel's been sitting on that guy's front doorstep yeah, for like two, two days. days. I know. That must be mine. It's got to be <laughs> mine. Like, I actually have a parcel sitting on my doorstep for the past two days. Have you? Yeah, it's just uh, I randomly get this. Um, I randomly get a parcel for a lady named Catherine who lives in a street that's very similar to mine, but it's at Macquarie Hills. And yeah, I constantly get her f- dog food. Oh, is it good dog food? Don't know. Never opened a box, but you can just tell. It's from pet stock and you can just and it shakes. Yeah, she must. I think she's a breeder because, you know, it's the only way you'd buy that type of food. Yeah, yeah in bulk. In bulk and fancy, <laughs> you know, like, you know, whatever that sign style crap is. So just quickly, Craig, um, before we sort of jump into his filmography. Yeah. I just thought there's a couple of really important things that we heard before that really influence um, Raimi as a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, so some things from his past before he started filmmaking. Cool. So so Raimi's one of five siblings. Yep. Sadly, one of his um, his older brother passed when Sam was nine. Oh, that's horrible. And had a tragic um, drowning accident. Oh. Um, and so, like, Raimi has spoken about it in interviews, but he's... Phil Collins wrote a song about it. Phil Collins. <laughs> Gosh, what are you? What are you? <laughs> what horrible go, joke are you going to drop in? Keep going. It's an Ophiel Collins mythology. Uh, you know, it's it's um in the air tonight. Something in the air tonight. Is that what they think it's about? No, oh, no, a kid that, dying. The, 
it's no, no, not about the Raimi thing. It's about supposedly this one. This uh, they built this whole story around, it and it's totally yeah. nothing like it. Phil Collins is even saying himself. Um, he said that the story around it was that Phil Collins once saw a guy, I saw a person drowning. Yeah. Um, it's someone didn't help him, didn't help the person, and and that person died. Oh. And so Phil Collins wrote a song about it. Yeah. And then one day, this. He invites this guy to one of his concerts and they lock him and he's locked into this concert and he's in the crowd and Phil Collins just sings his song right at him. Whoa. And the guy gets so upset he commits suicide. Oh, really? Yeah. That sounds like something out of a movie, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. And they, go, and they ask Phil Collins and he said, no, nah, I think I was just going through the divorce. It was a bad time. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounded, you know, it sounded oh, dramatic. Oh, wow. Well, Raimi was sort of, he's spoken about the passing of his brother. At such a young age. Yeah. And so tragically. Oh, that would um, be horrible, man. That and he talks horrible. about how um, it really brought his family group together and that um, that the incident colored everything uh, for the rest of his life. Wow. So I guess when, when we think of the Raimi I know, yeah, he's sort of, um, I think it will make a lot of sense why there's that tinge of darkness to everything. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, um, which, you know, I love his wording, which is it coloured everything. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. almost like someone's just changed a filter a little bit. Very Rolling life. Stones, like painted black, you know. Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So so I think that's a real big factor when we're thinking about his filmography. Yeah. Because people often talk about him. Um, in my in my preparation for this, I listened to as many interviews I could get my hand off. Oh, cool. So I could get an understanding of the man. Wow, you really would win in depth, didn't you? Dude, I listened Stanko to... Stanko method acting, man. I listened to a stack of... Actually, it's really hard to come by. There's only uh, a handful of... Podcasts that feature Raimi. Oh, cool. um, so Because you can listen to... Uh, look, we were there when we did our Cinefuls days, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we'd go in and ask questions on an, an, a run of a press junket. Yeah. Um, the odds are that 80% of questions that are asked during that six-minute window... A kerfuffle. Are the exact same questions they've heard all day long. Candy. Yeah. Just, and yeah. and uh, I'll never forget... Uh, ads, when, pretty much. Yeah, 100%. And my wife and I went and saw A Star Is Born with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga when it came out. And um, Kathy Lee was showing me some videos of an interview because she really wanted to talk about how um, Bradley Cooper talked about learning to sing and stuff for it. Ah, okay, um, yeah, yeah. So she wanted to show me that. And we yeah, watched some YouTube better. videos and literally it was like we watched... Oh, probably four or five of them, and they were the exact same questions, framed exactly the same. Because people just, the interviewer gets up, walks out, comes back down, mm. and the stars are still sitting in the same location. And it was, it was the same over and over again. And it was really hard to find the one that we wanted that had something out of the ordinary. Um, and so the the podcasts are really good in that sense because you get a thirty minute to an hour worth of the person talking and giving their thoughts. And there's some really good ones. Um, Happy, Sad, Confused is one that MTV have. Okay. Um, where they sit down for about uh, half an hour to an hour and just talk a filmography with a with a director. Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, which was awesome. So what I got out of that is he's very intelligent. Oh, yeah. He's a very intelligent man. Um, there's this softness to the way he speaks that makes you feel like 
he's that kid that may not have fit in at school. Yeah. Because they're just a bit odd. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, he's whole fair. He's him and his brother, man, they look odd. Yeah, they like, are, yeah, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they, they're they, sort they, of quirky. Um, he was at school. He was a magician. Oh, so yeah, he roots, was quirky as hell. Yeah, so you could, you could see, um, and I will be dead honest, I've watched The Evil Dead prior to recording this. Yeah. Um, and so I see that in his very uh, tactile approach to making that film. Yeah, exactly. A magician loves the puzzle they're unlocking in order to make the trick. Yeah. Um, and big shout out to Jono. You're a great magician. We love your work. <laughs> um, but I love it when he shows me how to do some of these things because mm. you can see the way they've sort of broken things apart and then put it back together in order to work things out. And I felt like... Um, Ramey was that as a director. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Um, and so I think knowing those roots of of being sort of, oh, he sort of, he's what, uh, I, it could sound terrible, but he comes across as the nutty professor or the quirky sort of version of Q from the Bond films. If there was like <laughs> a horror version of Q. But a little bit more disheveled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's ever bought an iron in his entire well, life. Well, do you know, I love you went there because in, in the interview with um, Happy, Sad, Confused, he, he talked about... Um, Actually, yeah, that would be a perfect like thing to describe. Happy, Sam sad, confused. Happy, <laughs> sad, confused. And his films, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, they asked him about the wearing the suits. Because so, yeah. Sam Raimi has a trademark. He wears a suit every time he makes a film. He's yep. actually, any time you see him, he's wearing pretty much a black suit, white yep. shirt, black tie. Sort of crumpled. Uh, looking. The one looks size like too he's big. Pulled, yeah. Like, he, like it's like, like it belonged to his older brother. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He's wearing his dad's suits. And and um, he made this really hilarious joke, which is, he said, my dad always told me when you're working with people, wear the clothes that you feel display how much respect you have for those people. So that's why he always wears a suit. Oh, cool. It's because he's saying, I respect you. We're working together. So I'm going to dress up for it. That's why I always and have my balls out. <laughs> well, <laughs> he says... <laughs> he says uh, You're looking at my balls now. <laughs> I am. They are quite large. There's, a, there's, a no, there's a no gym shorts uh, <laughs> uh, rule here in it's this It's just studio. hot in this room, man. <laughs> After the Zack Snyder season, yeah, Craig's exactly. just going to get him out as often as he exactly. can. With a little stand so I can get a breeze through. <laughs> but he says to the, the host of Happy, Sad, Confused, yeah. he says, uh, I see that you're wearing a uh, a hoodie and some shorts today, so it's glad to know you're feeling a lot of respect for me in this interview. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so quick. You're just like, it's that moment you go, he's really sharp. Like, yeah, he's yeah. just and really he, uh, sharp. He could say it in a dry fashion. He did. Yeah, he okay, did. And yeah. it comes out sort of a bit sort of mumbled, but a bit really yeah. sort of, yeah, it was really. Well, you'd be like, did you huh? just make a yeah, joke? that's exactly you just right. A that's joke. exactly right. You're a funny guy. That's yeah, exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah, that those dudes. Are. So, um, something I really love about him is he actually uh, he describes the moment that he fell in love with film in this beautiful way. And he said his dad came home with a Super 8 camera, so a little, oh, wow. um, you know, mm. uh, film loading camera. And he said his dad used to film family occasions. Yeah. And he said he remembered the moment that he watched 
his dad would like cut the the reels and splice them together with sticky tape. So he watched uh, his dad had done a um, recording of a birthday party, and when he watched it, his dad had made a mistake and spliced the film out of order. So, like, at one minute, people are arriving. The next, they're blowing candles out. Then people are sort of <laughs> partying at the start. Yeah. And it was all out of time. And he said it was this moment where he realized that filmmaking isn't linear. Yeah. It's like whatever you want. And it was really, like, he's, his mind was open to how magical film could be, the possibilities awesome. that could come from it. Yeah. And from then, he was just hooked. And so... Raimi and a group of friends go off. They make a whole heap of short films. And they really spend a lot of the 70s. Yeah. Um, again, I'm really excited. This is an almost 40-year film career. Yeah, I know, man. Uh, I which know. is huge. It you is. Know, it this is. is Zemeckis-level timeline. Yeah. Uh, not as many films. No. I think if I remember rightly, he's got 13 or 14 films. But I think, and as I'm pretty sure you'll go through later, he's always working on a film. Always, Craig. Yeah. Always. And even when there's a time like the end of his career, um, you know, it's been six years since we've seen a Sam Raimi film. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's wow. there's always news dropping that he's going to do something. He's working on something. I actually, a um, little bit of Craig and Jeff nerdiness. Well, probably more Jeff nerdiness now. Craig and I, uh, shout out to our friends at HSX or the Hollywood Stock oh, Exchange. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been allowed and logged on to It's this fun online game where you trade stocks of yeah. r- real Hollywood films. Yeah. Fake money. Pretend. But you start out with a million dollars and you just grow your... What do you want to? You're a billionaire. I'm nearly at two billion dollars. Two billion. I've just under the one, like, obviously, because I haven't... Well, last time I logged in. So I was on 950 million. So, oh yeah, God, we like, put in some hours we into did, that, baby. We did, did we? It's literally, the, the tab is always open on my computer. Do you remember we used to always just like we'd email each other, oh my God, there's a lot of movement here. What's going on? Well, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad you say that, Craig, because the other day I jumped on and noticed a film that he that Raimi has been attached to, which we'll get to a bit later, had a bit of movement this week. And I was Ooh. like, oh, are we actually going to get some announcements? It was because like $3.50. Yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> but it dropped the next day. So oh, okay, it's sort yeah. of one of those. Because what can happen on the HSX is someone can buy in on something yep. and then suddenly someone sees it because it's like the stock exchange, there's a little ticker along the bottom and people go, oh, I'll get in on that. Oh, oh, oh. And so I think the possibility of a Sam Raimi, a new Sam Raimi film, a lot of people started jumping on yeah, massively. Yeah. But he's always working. And and before we get into his like filmography, um, theatrical filmography, I should say, he does a lot of work in TV. Yep. He's a busy man as a producer. Yep. He's a busy man as a writer. Yeah. So, like, for us to say he hasn't done any work in six years, just he's no, been he's been release. busy. So, can I drop a crazy couple crazy crazy facts before we get into his theatrical filmography? Yes. So, I started looking at as a producer, and he directs usually like a first episode of a TV series he's producing. Mm. So he's like Ash versus Evil Dead got a um. Uh, a TV series. He directed the first episode. He's heavily involved in it. Yeah. Um, he produced a American remake of the Australian show Rake. Yeah. Um, so Greg Kinnear instead of Richard Roxburgh, and he directed the first episode of that as well. But films that he was um, 
a part uh, TV shows that he was a part of as a producer, and he actually created a couple really iconic characters as well from TV shows. Awesome. So he was a producer that got uh, the Hercules TV series with Kevin Sorbo <laughs> off the ground. Hey, <laughs> oh Kevin Sorbo, and I watched his movie he did, Carl the Conqueror. Yeah, Carl the Conqueror. Yeah, man. And it was how was it? Oh yeah, that was. Uh, it was, it was just a Hercules movie. Yeah. <laughs> a bit like Conan, the Jason Momoa was a bit of a... Oh, no, no, no one knew that violent. Oh, no okay. It was just violent. like it fantasy just, and Yeah, it was just fantasy. Soft. Yeah, it was. It was. You could play it Um, you could play it at midday every so day. So good. Know? Yeah. <laughs> well, what was crazy is he then created a character for the Hercules TV series. Cool. That became massive and got its own spin-off. Oh. And he created Xena Warrior Princess. Oh, Xena Warrior Lucy Lawless. Lucy Lawless. Now, um, I'm just going to tangent off this, that if that's yep. cool for a moment. Go for it. Um, when Raimi was making his short films during the 70s with his high school friends, yeah. he had a core group of friends, including he had his brothers along for the journey as well and family yep. members. But Bruce Campbell, who is in all of his films. I love Bruce. And we'll get to like the Bruce Campbell moments. In my mind, I can just think of how much I love his moments in Spider-Man. Go read his um, book, um, If Chins Could Kill. Yeah. Is it good? Hey, yeah, man. It's uh, so good. It's so good. Uh, maybe I should just to get a little couple yeah. little tidbits Mel Todd there, gave folks. it to me. Toddy, yeah. It's good? Yeah, it's good. Oh, it's so good. good. Because he's a huge fan. Um, Well, so Bruce Campbell, and we'll get to Bruce Campbell a bit later when we talk films. Yeah. But he had a friend, um, and his friend, oh, I'll read his name. Here we go. Robert um, Tappet is his name. Um, He's since gone off when they started making films. Yeah. Robert Tappet ended up becoming a producer instead of like starring in films. And so um, Raimi's three friends making these short films together was Robert Tappet, Sam Raimi, and Bruce Campbell. Uh, now, Tappet is like the lead producer on things like, um, you know, Xena Warrior. He created Hercules, Xena, yep. and the Spartacus TV series. Oh, wow. And, to which Raimi is a, a producer on that. Raimi's also a producer on American Gothic. Oh, really? I, I remember for years man. you searched for that on DVD. I've crazy. got it too, man. American Gothic is such a good show, man. People have just got to watch it. <laughs> Caleb Temple, man. It's such a damn good show. I wish they redid it. I wish they redid it. Seriously. I love we're, it. We're just a character arcs are just a plenty, man, where where villains turn into um, heroes, heroes, and villains. Loved it. So good. I love I love it. Because as soon as I saw that name, I was like, Craig is going to love American Gothic, man. I could just sit here and just talk about it all day. Seriously, it's just, oh. (laughs) So good. So as a producer in film, Mm -hmm. these aren't ones that Raimi's directed, but he's produced. And I think there are a lot of times where he's had breaks sort of in his later filmography. Yeah. Where he really focused on getting um, probably from about 20, Tens onwards, yeah, where he focused on producing horror films as opposed to directing them. Cool. So some films that he's produced. Okay, now here's something I found. He was an executive producer for John Woo's Hard Target. Oh, really? That's and a horrible film. There's rumours that Raimi was actually a ghost director for it. Oh, really? So it's one of those unconfirmed things where. There's some drama behind Hard the scenes. Tar- Hard Target is that Jean Claude Van Damme? Yeah, and he's the homeless guy, and, and he gets hunted and yeah, the bow yeah, and, and arrows. And they have the end scene in the cemetery. So 
New Orleans? It, yeah, it's rumoured that uh, he was a ghost director on that. So that's, oh, really? that's pretty So what? John Woo, just happy she would start with John Woo. Bit of drama. Ooh, bring someone in. Wow. So interesting. Which would make a lot of sense, man, because, yeah, that movie was... Just, it's not... Didn't feel wooish. No, it wasn't wooish like a Broken Arrow or... No, no, exactly. You know, yeah. those sort of off, films. Face um, off. Yeah, face off. Face you off. have to. Every yeah, nerd out there right the now is doing the hand gestures <laughs> with us. He was also a producer working with John Claude Van Damme again later for Time Cop. I love Time Cop, man. Yeah, top show. I think that's um, Van Damme's best film. It's you funny can, you can got me with the kickboxer films, which yes, still a joy. He's good. He's good. But man, that's his best film. Yeah, Time Cop is one of his best films. Time Cop's funny too because Rod Silverman. Who played the villain? It makes me think of <laughs> this. Is where my mind goes, it goes on this little tangent. That goes, time cop. Oh, that makes me want to watch Christopher Lambert's Fortress. Oh, because <laughs> makes you want to watch his Beowulf. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also produced the Grudge series. Oh wow! So he got that onto the screen. So the American, the Americanized version. versions, yeah. mm-hmm. Thirty Days a Night. I love that. You and I saw that at the movies. Yep, great. <laughs> That's right. It was great. <laughs> Um, the pol- that was an awesome film. It was. It was it so was, good. It was a heaps good film. I love it. Film. It's actually one of those ones that I saw on sale, and I was like, "Oh, that's a guilty pleasure." I know that is that. a guilty pleasure, man. He was close, man. Josh Harnett. Josh so Harnett. Close. So close. When he had the look. Sin City. When Sin City happened, I thought uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And there was rumors about Superman. I was like, "Oh man, he was good." But he, um, his last TV series, which is one of my favorites, Penny TVs, Dreadful. Penny Dreadful. It's good. Amazing, man. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. real good. Amazing. I haven't watched the third season. I've got it. I just don't. Eva want Green. It to end. I don't want it to end. Is it Eva Green? Eva Green. Yeah. I just. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch it because I don't want it to end. Seriously, oh, it's great. one of my favorite. Favorite all time. I'm just. Oh, I don't know when I'll. Watch I have it. to revisit it. Hey. I just want to sit and watch. Oh, well, I've got them all. Brooke bought them for me. Oh, what a she sweetheart. She said it was a special present. Oh, uh, special uh, present for a special guy. Oh, look, they are special. They are special. Um, he also was a producer on Poltergeist Remake in 2015. I've never seen it. And um, I've actually never seen either of the Poltergeist films. You should watch the first one, man. Um, I've heard it's worth a watch just for the whole Spielberg connection. and things Yeah, like yeah. That. Watch, uh, watch, watch the first two from memory. They're not that bad. Okay. All right, I'll have to revisit it. And he also, obviously, the Evil Dead remake that came out in 2013, Man, I want to watch that now. I've heard it's I've hard heard it's hard, hard. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard it's just, it yep. takes away all whatever. But we can talk about that later. Um, so, I'm just going to jump back now to the whole 70s short filmmaking. 70s short films. So, makes a number of short films with his pals. Yep. Um, Ramey goes off after high school uh, to university as an English major. Oh, really? And he stepped out um, after three semesters because he wanted to focus on making The Evil Dead. As you would. So um, that sort of gets us to where he has has been. He's made one feature-length film um, called It's Murder (laughs) Before The Evil Dead. Never got a theatrical release. Basically a long, short film. Yep. Uh, but he's done, I don't know, 13-odd short films in total. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, which one of them is called uh, w- uh, Within the Woods, which is sort of the short film that was made to tease and practice for Evil Dead. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so where they sort of perfected that, um, you know, the flowing sort of ghoul camera that yeah, swings yeah. around and stuff like that. Now, um, so... Knocking over trees. Craig, we get to 19... Uh, 
uh, yeah, we get to 1981 and Evil Dead's released. Now, Evil Dead was based upon a script that he originally wrote in the 80s. Uh, well, he'd been working on it up until the, the till 1980 called Book of the Dead. Yep. And then they sort of had a yeah, producer come on, lo- on along and say he had a real love of Lovecraft that really brought that sort of yeah. into things. Um, and, you know, they changed the name from Book of the Dead to uh, The yeah. Evil Dead. So then he goes on and in 1985 releases Crime Wave, which I've got some cool sort of facts around that, but I'd love to keep it for the episode. Let's keep it for the episode. And there's a few things that I'll talk about a bit later on. But um, I'm going to tell you something really cool that happened between Evil Dead and Crime Wave. Cool, 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 cool. So after uh, Raimi's growing up in Michigan, sort of near Detroit, um, and so he gets convinced, um, makes Evil Dead, and he drives... From um, I'm stealing some thunder from the Evil Dead episode, but this is really important. Yeah. So he finished making Evil Dead, and and the rumor is that he just had reels and reels of film, and no idea how to edit it all together because <laughs> there's so much there. Um, so he drives with a boot full of film from Detroit to New York. Yeah. To where he had a um editor waiting to help him out. Oh, cool. So he talks about in this interview that, um, again, on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, um, he talks about how he pulled into this car park, which was the address in New York. And at the time in the 80s, New York was a really, it's not the Times Square tourist place that it is now. It was gritty. It was a real hard place. Yeah. And so he says he pulls up to this really run down car park and he was really scared, sitting in his car thinking (laughs) what's going to happen. And this hobo sort of looking guy comes up and knocks on the window. And Raimi sort of goes, oh, I don't want to open the window. I'm scared. And the guy knocks again. Once in the window, he goes, hey, are you here for the film editing? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm Joel. I'm the assistant editor. Um, so Raimi becomes really good friends with this assistant editor named yeah. Joel. Now, Joel goes on to become a very important filmmaker. Joel is one half of the Coen brothers. Where? And was an assistant editor on the Evil Dead <laughs> the before <laughs> he before he became a filmmaker. Wow! Um, so after Evil Dead comes out, uh, Raimi is told you need to move to where the action is. You can't you can't be a filmmaker in Michigan. Yeah. So he moves out to L.A. Um, and he lives in a share house. And I'm just going to oh, tell God. you the people he lived with in his share house. Awesome. Okay, so he moved in with the Cohen brothers. <laughs> okay. And yeah. A little known actress at the time named Frances McDormand. Oh, God. Another um, lady called Holly Hunter. Jeez. And just a random little actress called Kathy Bates. Wow, man. Gee, this is hardcore. All living under the one roof. All under the one roof, man. Yep. That wood place would stink. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you just imagine it. So Rami's living in LA. He starts working on his next film. Yeah. Um and it is Crime Wave. Yep. Now, I don't have a great knowledge of the film Crime Wave. Neither do I. Okay. I will I assume it's a wave of crime. I'm going to drop a real bomb on you right now actually. Bomb me. Crime Wave was written by the Coen brothers. Oh my goodness, really? Yes. And Holy. it's their first feature film to be made. Holy horror bubble. So Sam Raimi makes a movie written by the Coen brothers. Damn. Yep. 
And well, later that's really on, hardcore. So obviously the Coens weren't, they were just breaking in at yep, this time. Yeah, working to get into the, the scene. Jeez, man. So seriously. Puts a bit of spin when we go to watch Crime Wave later, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to watch it now. I'm like, <laughs> wow, this is going to be Coen-esque. And, and there is Francis is, McDormand in it? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to have a bit of a look. But yeah. there's there's a lot of drama behind Crime Wave. Um, okay, cool. And Raimi talks about there was such a big gap for him in filmmaking because it's a four-year between Evil Dead to Crime Wave. Oh, okay. And he that's really, for a new he, yes, that's exactly right. It's a long, a long amount of time. They, they say that you should just back it up with more. Yeah. Um, and he says he just couldn't get financing on any project that he want to work on. So I can't wait to talk crime wave because there's a few little, uh, tidbits he dropped, which were really, really good ones. And, um, I can't wait to sort of drop those. Cool. Videos. But the, the film itself had a couple of different names and everything that led to, uh, the title crime wave crime as wave. well. Um, so after Crime Wave, he goes on and in 1986, uh, 1986, he had a good a good sort of reception to Crime Wave. It yeah. wasn't like, this is a terrible film. He mm. should go to, you know, filmmaking jail. Yeah. Um, Raimi was approached by producer Dino De Laurentiis. Ooh. I know Dino's work. And was asked to make Thinner. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, now, Raimi turned it down. Uh, because he and Campbell had started prepping Evil Dead 2. Yeah. And so it was just not going to work in a timeline to start working on Thinner. Him and Stephen King, man, would be, you'd almost think that would be a a good little match, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember the Thinner movie, man, because we used to watch it, because John, my my oldest brother, is just a huge Stephen King fan. Yep. And we watched just everything Stephen King. I've not gone down the path yet. As I've said, I'm not. Oh, a Stephen big horror King. fan. Well, so it's, but Stephen King. If Stephen King's one of those things, peop, um, one of those writers that is very similar to Sam Raimi. Yeah, starts in horror, quite eclectic in the end. Does isn't he? um does fantasy? He's done fantasies, gunslinger, um, gunslinger. He's done all, and they're all connected in some way yeah. through Maine. Like they're all connected yeah. through some way. He's done fantasy. He's done um, Stand by Me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. You know, Green you don't. Mile. Yeah, like there's always hints of um, Stephen King through the yeah through it. So yeah, it's they're very they're very similar. Yeah, almost like if they touched, they'd create a vortex and, uh, <laughs> and the world would just suck. You can into almost, them. in a way, um, and they look like each other. Stephen, <laughs> Stephen King. There's a really funny Stephen King Actually, story. Joe Hill, man. I saw a picture of Stephen King's son, Joe Hill. Wow. Yeah, that's eerie, man. isn't that's it? That's eerie, man. I wonder yeah. if he's an alcoholic as well. Have you have you heard the story <laughs> about when Stephen King went on a research trip to Darwin? No. Oh, Australia? yeah, we already got arrested. Yeah. So, so the story. It's a really funny story. Is Stephen King likes to do research on what he's writing about? So he did a trip to Australia to Darwin, which is in our top. End research um, tax deduction. Yeah, <laughs> Let's just say tax nice trip to Australia. Yeah, um, but he w- popped his head into a bookshop and thought, as a nice gift, he'll go in and sign a few books so yeah. that people in Darwin would buy his book and get a real surprise that it's a signed copy by but Stephen. You think King. it was a rip off? Are hey, you like this, ain't Stephen King? Who wrote him a book? Yes, I wrote my book. Um, but. He got caught by the people who own the bookshop because <laughs> he was trying to do it anonymously and ended up being arrested oh, that's for defacing awesome. property because so awesome. they didn't believe it was him. Um, so, oh, I lost my passport on him. <laughs> so funny. So funny. So Thinner actually 
took another 10 years to be released. Yeah. And was uh, directed by Tom Holland later on. Not the oh, Spider-Man yeah, the one. Spider-Man Tom Holland. He was, great. <laughs> he was like six <laughs> years old. In utero. <laughs> <laughs> he still talks like that. <laughs> so we get to 1987, Craig and Evil Dead 2's released. And um, I'm really excited to really dig deep now after watching The Evil Dead as to Evil Dead 2. Because before I watched Evil Dead 2, the only knowledge I had of it is... I asked someone, why should I watch two and not one? Yeah. And all I could get yeah, told... Yeah, that's what I spun out what? All I could get told is, is two's good because they basically remake one, with but a, better. With a bigger budget. With a bigger budget in two. And it's a bit funnier. Yeah, yeah, true. And, and so, it's a bit crazier so I was from like... From memory, I'm all going back. Yeah, it's a, it's a long time since yeah. I've watched it. But So I watched two and I remember being like, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. It's I like don't weird. Yeah. I don't get it. It's like I from, from the memory, old, the old fat lady buried in the cellar. That's all I remember. Well, it was like this to to me. Here's my memory. It was. It's, it's <laughs> like Beetlejuice. If it wasn't comedy, it was Beetlejuice horror. Beetlejuice feels like a horror to me, man. When I watched that movie, it felt like a horror to me. I've got to. I've got to watch it. Again, I know Beetlejuice feels like an acid trip to me. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but Beetlejuice just freaked me out, man. Yeah. It took a dark turn through that film. Yeah, it does take a dark yeah, turn, yeah, doesn't just it? Oh, wow, man. Oh, one day Tim Burton will come for you. He's not on Michael Keaton, man. You're a scary yeah. dude. Michael Keaton is great. Actually, 30th anniversary of the original Batman the other day. Yeah, man. I read, I read an article on it where they're, they're talking about um, why he made why he was the perfect Batman. Oh, really? Because, not because he was the perfect Batman. Yeah. But because he was the perfect Bruce Wayne. Oh, and isn't he? So he plays Bruce Wayne as this, just this weird guy who's just, you know, like, yeah, he has parties and stuff like that, but acts really weird, like a person who's just a slightly bit of a psycho. Disconnected from reality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love it. I know. I'm looking at it up on the wall and I'm like, oh, man, I might have to bust one of those. Oh, man, seriously, yeah. It's so, good. Craig, Evil Dead 2 is released in 1987. 87, shivers. Okay. Um, at this at this stage, I'm five years old. Uh, <laughs> I am... You're seven? No, seven? I'm eight, nine. Eight, nine. Oh, man, yeah, great. I'm an old man. I'm an old man. Yeah, fuck, I'm 40 this year, man. So, um, 1989, and based on how well Evil Dead was sort of received by people, yeah. um, a sequel was being re written to a very popular horror film. And um, cool. on a recent podcast with Mick Garris. Do you know who Mick Garris is? He's a well-known sort of horror director. No, um, man. I'm, there's, there's, there's a whole, like Toby Hooper and all them, there's a whole genre of horror yeah. that goes different than any other type of genre. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And they have their favorite directors and all these favourite actresses and stuff like that, but I've just never... I've never I been that deep into it. You know, like Fangoria yeah, magazines yeah. and shit like See, that. See, I never got that deep Yes, in. same. I never got that deep into them either. Um, Garris, from memory, was the sort of showrunner and director for... There was that um, horror anthology like TV series. Not the ABC. Maybe it was... No, it's not the ABCs. It was like a horror sort of anthology. So... He really sort of did that, and it gave a lot of young horror directors their chance. It gave a lot them. of young directors chances because they're able to show, in horror, you're able to show directing skills. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's Masters of Horror. 
Masters oh, probably. of Horror. Man, there's some there's heaps like that. There's there's the VHS one. Yeah, yeah. Um and them and I've watched a couple of those and they've got like five, ten minute shots. Some of them are Hardcore. Are they? Oh, man. Hardcore. I just, yeah. Some of them, it's a bit like that Love, Death and Robots that's oh, on Netflix. Man. Some of Wild. those are amazing, but some of them are so hardcore. Oh, man. Into the, uh, beyond the Aquila Rift. Aquila Rift. Is that the hell one? No, it's, uh, it's the one where um, you find out everything's a spider. Oh, but I haven't seen that one yet. No, oh, oh, fuck. I just no, I destroyed that. No, I no. destroyed that forever. I just realized I destroyed the forever. Sorry, John. Yes, yeah, so it was a spoiler. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> we love you, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll read it in the comments, John. <laughs> so, look, in 89. But heaps good. Heaps good TV series that love Death Row. Season two. Yeah, I know. Got renewed. I can't wait. Mm. Uh, you can watch that too and you can see. Remember that time? Um, I love how tangent we are in <laughs> season three. Uh, he ended up directing 47 Ronin with Keanu Reeves. Yes. Um, and he made this amazing short film that was a TV commercial. And he, was, I think he was dating Ridley Scott's daughter for a little bit there. Oh. Um, and you watch that and you go, far out, that guy's got something special in him. What's the TV series? I mean, what was that? Um, oh, it was almost like a iRobot style feel. It was like if iRobot was in Blade Runner. It just oh, okay. felt like that, and it was so darn good. Yeah. Um. And yeah. So forty seven Ronan was was a bit of a disappointment. One of those movies, though. The history, maybe. Do you know what? I'm throwing it out there. Throw it back at me if you don't like it. Okay. Go on air board meeting. Yeah. Go okay. So people get excited in the break between season three and four. Craig yep. and I have agreed we will do a few revisited slash. One-off episodes yep. for you, little smaller ones, you know, smaller what I mean? ones. So ones you, you can get a little to if you're on the toilet. Yeah, that's exactly right. Little short bites to keep you going in the exactly. in the off season. Yeah, but we could do a forty-seven Ronan episode. I'm be keen on that. because awesome. I haven't seen it all. Oh, crazy! I saw the first ten minutes because I, I remember going. Did you like it? First ten minutes? I can't remember. That's how much I loved oh, it. Oh man! But I've heard a rumor the entire film was filmed in Japanese. And the studio freaked out and made them remake it all in English. Wow, really? Including the actors like Keanu Reeves speaking Japanese <sighs> with subtitles. Oh, I see. No. Nah. That would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's so there's much so history scared, in there. Man. Yeah, definitely. 47 no, no, Ronan. Yeah, cool. Lock that down. Yeah, let's lock Hold that, us to let's it, lock people. that down. Lock it down. We'll tease that. Um, so Mick Garris said on his podcast that he was involved with pulling together a sequel to The Fly. And the fly was being the fly written. two was awesome. Well, the fly two was originally intended for Sam Raimi to re to direct after Evil Dead two. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And um, Garris talks about Raimi coming in and rewriting the script. And I wrote this quote down because I thought it was very funny. He said, when I was writing Fly 2, so Mick Garris wrote uh, Fly 2 for Raimi. Originally, Sam Raimi was going to direct it on the strength of Evil Dead 2. It would have been a very different movie. Then Sam and his brother wrote a different treatment that went way out to cloud wacky land. <laughs> and that would have been amazing. But it just didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> Cloud Wacky Land. Oh man! You know, seriously, there. I, I, him and his brother seem like they just get together and they just go, "Let's what about this?" Yeah, let's just dream let's big. This. I want to see this. And keeping the little connection going, the uh, makeup effects for Fly Two was uh, the guy who actually assisted with the makeup effects for the Evil Dead. Oh, really? The original. Good. 
So um, there's a little probably yeah, connection. Which we'll talk about more later, but yeah, man. Um, so impressive in, for its time. Oh, so impressive. In 1990, um, Sam Raimi talks about his love of comic books. Yeah, he absolutely adores um, comic books. So later, when we get to Spider Man, yeah. it makes so much sense because he actually Spider Man is his favorite. He's talked about his love for Spider Man. Oh, it's Spider Man. Um, Everyone's everyone has this love for Spider Man. They sometimes overlook it. And we'll get to a few little cool ones in a second, but he really has this affinity with the character The Shadow <laughs> um, and wanted to make a film based around The Shadow. Oh. So he started writing a, um, this is before the Alec Baldwin one. Oh, um, that classic Alec Baldwin one. And it's funny, he tells this story uh, about going in to pitch his idea for The Shadow Yeah, and connecting with season one. Bob Gale wrote The Shadow. Yeah, oh God. Yeah. Right. So Bob Gale. So Bob Gale never actually wrote it. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Bob Gale. Uh, so he went in for a meeting. Bob Gale wrote the Back to the Future series yep. and or um, all Zemeckis's films before that. Yep. Used cars. I want to hold your hand. Um, and so he goes into a pitch meeting with Bob Gale. Pardon me. <laughs> yeah, man, that's awesome. <laughs> that was pizza. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. That was a French pitch. pitch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's going to sound so gross in the box <laughs> later. Huge apologies, everyone. This is why you don't drink soda water while, you, <laughs> while you're recording. Um, I felt that coming up too. I was like, I'm going to vomit on Craig. Oh, that'd uh, be awesome. <laughs> like, not really the fact that you vomited on me, but I, I, it'd be interesting to hear on radio. I had a dream that we were recording this episode last night. Yeah. And in the middle of it, I was just talking and just was like, blah, 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 blah. I just project off of it. You see, there's like the video of a guy on like news. He's getting um, interviewed. Oh. And he just goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just talks and then just goes, blah. And he's one of those loud vomiters. He just goes, blah. We oh, all have a friend so who's a loud good. vomiter. Yep. Yeah. I think I'm pretty quiet. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm like quiet. a. Yeah, and you just like, hear the water splashing. Yeah, yeah, the splashing like in that. the toilet. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, back to uh, Brooks. Are, Brooks, are, ah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember when she drank that. Um, remember the scenic oh, tour yeah, the Christmas, Christmas party, party. Where she was dancing on tables. This is my wife. <laughs> when um, you guys were keeping it secret, yeah, we were trying to keep it secret. Yes, Jesus Christ. And she was drink, she drank like I don't know three four bottles of wine, a red wine that night. Yep, yeah, I think man. there was some cruises in there yeah, as well. There was there was there was a lot. There was a lot. And you and I were just the, the only sober ones. That yes, there, right? we were. We're not big drinkers, and we just stood there and watched everyone, which was hilarious. Yeah, um, it was like watching monkeys just going <laughs> off at each other. <laughs> and um, yeah, Brooke got very sick that night, and she just. But I remember the poor darling, like just. Just vomiting, just doing blah, <laughs> they just, just just look like the scene out of Stand by Me with the pie scene, you know, what I mean? just all these red wine just going in there. And I remember problem um, child, remember problem child. Oh yeah, oh. I remember going, oh shit, I should be like a good boyfriend. I'll go up and I'll you know put a blanket on her and I'll I'll pat her and stuff like that. And I went in and the smell <laughs> hit me and it actually oh wait she it burnt my eyes and I went all fuck. <laughs> and I just threw a towel at her I just closed it over and back out again Oh Craig oh. That's the best oh, I'll man. never forget Brooke coming up to me Very very inebriated that night And being like I just really want to go up and kiss him Jeff But I can't <laughs> We tried to hide it from him. No, no, not because of any, you know, weird thing. But yeah, that's a story for another time. <laughs> it was so good. So getting back to um, 
The Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Forever the Shadow with Alec Baldwin is going to be a, associated Brooke with Brooke <laughs> Um So, Raimi goes in to pitch an idea or what he believes is a pitch to Bob Gale. Yeah. Um, who was producing it at the time. And Bob Gale gave him an idea of what they were thinking. Yeah. And Raimi then pulled it all apart and said, oh, I would never go that. I'd do this, 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 and this. Stay true to the character. Rah, rah, rah. And then he said midway through this pitch meeting where he's told um, Bob Gale all the things wrong with what they were sort of going down, he realises that Bob Gale had written the script for The Shadow. And <laughs> he said, strangely, I didn't get the project. <laughs> <laughs> but his love of the character led him to go, all right, well, no one's giving me a superhero film. Yeah, I'm trying to get a few. And we'll get to a couple that he really went after around the same time. So he went, I'm going to create my own. And so he wrote Darkman. Oh, man. And so in uh, 1990, uh, Darkman was released and with a not very well-known actor at the time, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Um, and I'm really excited to see Darkman down this the street. This is when Liam Neeson was like chasing black men down the street and beating them up. Yep. Yep. He's <laughs> tough as nails. <laughs> So, uh, following... Yeah, I remember that. Do you, do you, do you, no? What? Do you, haven't you heard that? Oh, man, I thought that flew over your head. So, he was recently in an interview talking Craig. about this 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 coloured guy attacked one of his friends. Yes. Like a woman. And a, and a what, soldier. in the 90s? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's telling about when he was younger. And he said that he went out that night ready to fight any black person who he saw. Whoa. <laughs> this is why... He was, he's, he's, and this is only recent. So, and he's men in black. This is, and so you'll see that in this time, his involvement in men in black international slowly faded back a little bit, faded back a little bit, all because of this interview. Wow. I know. Like, if you listen to it the didn't interview, it did blow up though. It, it sort of did, but they've handled it well. Did um, it, so but does it, he say it well? Like, no, is there sincerity it, in it? Oh, it's. Anything on when it when it's written on paper, you can put whatever you want to it. Well, you can't read emotion, can yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. And and um, I don't know if there's video or footage of it. I've just, but um, if you read it all, it's very in context. He was just an, he's, and he says it himself. He was an angry guy, who um, his friend got hurt, and so he was going out there looking for any guy who might have matched it. Yeah, any type yeah, of black yeah, guy yeah. who might match it, and he was going to beat him up and stuff. Yep. Like that. He goes, "It was ridiculous of me to think of like that at the time." You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he he talks about he it with regret. It. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? It's just it just got oh, blown man. out a bit. It's not the not the era to be talking no that stuff, is it, Craig? Way. We did not talk that. So, um, around the same time, mm. Raimi starts pitching a few more superhero films. Oh, cool. Okay. And this one will blow your mind. Following Darkman in 1990, Raimi teamed up with Stan Lee and pitched a Thor film to 20th Century Fox. Wow! Right? Um, they And he, he is... Um, very vocal in the fact that the studio just didn't get his and Stan Lee's idea for the film. Wow. And 20th Century Fox turned it down. That would have been interesting to figure out what it was. Yeah. Like, How would he... See, his... I can't picture... Because at the time Thor as well. not being light like it is. Yeah, exactly. You'd have to keep it very... I think you'd have to keep it... You'd have to keep with the Donald Blake thing. Yeah. Like um, in the comic book. So... Those who don't know, Thor has an alter ego 
named Donald Blake, who's this yep. crippled guy. And whenever he hits his stick on the ground, he turns into Thor. Um, and you don't really ever see that in the Thor. In the Thor, they Marvel do that. Movie. He's Doctor Blake or something. He puts yeah, a name yeah, tag that's, on or something. A, like that. Yeah, it's a little more of a Easter throwback. Eggs, yeah. sort of. Um, and so that's the only way he would have kept it Earth grounded. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Obviously, Marvel Studios wanted to really just introduce that space factor to everyone. So, you know, all their rest of their phases would go better. Yeah. And it's a lot better thought to see now. But, um, yeah, that, I think that's the only way they could have, you know, budget-wise, effects-wise at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've watched Thor fight the Incredible Hulk on in that awful TV show. Oh, did you? Oh, man, you got to look this up. It is that like a Lou awesome. Ferrigno one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. It is so bad. So Thor wears this big, um, he wears this big fur coat. Yes. He has a really like, it's hammer. It's so small. It's almost, it's it's pretty much a mallet. <laughs> and, and, it's, and he carries this mallet. It's so brilliant. I love it. It's so like a brilliant. judge's gavel. Oh, it is, man. It's about that big. Seriously. It's so brilliant. Go out there, guys. Watch Thor. Thor versus the Hulk. But make oh, sure it's the Lou Ferrigno one. It's so bad. So good. It's so bad. So, Craig, around this time, Raimi also tried to direct another superhero film. Damn. And word, word started spreading on... Um, he actually talked about in another interview, he did this interesting one for Oz the Great and Powerful in the lead up to that, where for the Directors Guild, um, he just sat down with uh, Zach Braff and they talk, just answer questions. People directors just fired at him. We and are part of Directors Guild. <laughs> well, it's really interesting because I didn't know they have a podcast where they just bring famous directors in to get questions from other directors members. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I just hate Zach Braff. Well, he sounds a little inebriated that night. Um, he's what, got Zach a, Braff? He's got a very thick uh, um, like s- lisp. Oh, really? To which when I watched clips of the movie, I was like, there's no lisp in there. Finally, someone punched him. And so, but <laughs> Raimi talked about how he really wanted to make a Batman film. He hmm. really wanted to make the first Batman. Yeah. Uh, but then heard that um, Tim Burton had been chosen. Oh, yeah. yeah and you'd have to go, okay, I'm out yeah. of Tim. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's, um, there's Tim. It is Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. It it's was Tim Burton. Isn't still, it? yeah, one of yeah. the best Batman's ever. And there's a really cool story. I'll remember, remind me when we get to Spider-Man. I've got a Spider-Man story. We'll put a pin in that. Pin. pin. Um, but, yeah, so word started spreading around Hollywood that after Batman Returns, yeah. there were during the making of Batman Returns, Tim Burton had a lot of issues um, with the writers. Yeah. And Tim Burton had said he would not return for any more Batman films. Because the experience was so hard for him. Yeah. So then Sam Raimi started chasing to be, he really wanted to direct uh, Batman Forever. So he really pitched and pitched so he could direct Batman Forever. Now, they went on and uh, gave the job to Joel Schumacher. Oh, God. Who created Neon Batman. Yep. And just imagine what Raimi would have done following on from Burton's world. It wouldn't have been as pretty. Nope. <laughs> But I would very much have loved to have seen him do a Riddler and Two Face film. Oh, it would have been beautiful and yeah. dark. Yeah, yeah. So that's a. I guess the reason I'm bringing up all these superhero films is not so that we can nerd out over things, but it's when we get to Spider Man later in his filmography. Yeah, you can see you how appreciative he would be. That's exactly right, and how much when you hear the journey of Spider Man one to two to three. Yeah, how much that three. And the failure of that film 
and then the subsequent failure of the fourth, fifth, and sixth instalments that were going to come. <sighs> how much that would have meant to Raimi's career. I know. And I guess if we compare... John Malkovich as the vulture. I know. I know. Hurt, I man, know. Hurts, so, um, so, yeah, he really wanted to make that Batman film. So then Raimi gets on a little bit of a hot streak. And it's not a hot streak in terms of um, box office. Yeah. More so, Raimi sort of got to this point, and he speaks again about it in interviews, that he really wanted to stretch himself as a director. Yep. You know, he he felt that after doing, um, you know, sort of dark, gritty films, yeah, he wasn't really going too much different. Um, I've, I've completely forgotten that uh, Army of Darkness came out in 92 as well. Can't <laughs> um, forget Army of Darkness, I know, man. sorry. I jumped ahead. Uh, apologies. So Army of Darkness comes out in 92. Yep. Um, and Raimi had sort of said that in doing those films, you know, Evil Dead to Evil Dead 2 to Army of Darkness, yep. he only made them because the fans were so fervent in mm. their want for more. And he actually said to the team of filmmakers involved in them, we're not going to make the same film. We're actually going to change them. And they sort of get a bit, I guess, from what I've heard and what I've seen, they get a bit nuttier. They become fantastical. Yes. And he yeah. has this real love of the Three Stooges and that slapsticky sort oh, of nature. The Army of Darkness is... I went into the Army of Darkness. I still remember going to see it. And I went in there expecting to be scared. Yep. But it was it was so different than what I expected. Yeah. Uh, my mate Jono loves Army of oh, Darkness. Oh, I love it too, man. I love it too, man. This is where um, Ash becomes... Ash becomes the... Well... The hero. Yeah. He becomes yeah. an action hero. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So, 92, Army of Darkness is, is released. And then uh, following that is when Raimi sort of went, it's time for me to stretch as a director. Yeah. I've been stretching myself. I'm yeah. doing different things. I'm getting bigger budgets, all that sort of stuff. But he really sort of goes on this journey, which he focuses on films that he wouldn't necessarily have made before. Yeah. So, he releases Quick and the Dead in 95. Can't and wait to watch it. I can't wait. You know I love that I mean, movie so a, much. What a cast. In their, like, either about to break yep. or in their prime. I know. You know, like a cast that has Gene Hackman. Yep. And he's got some great stories about working with Gene Hackman. Oh, yeah, because everyone just... Oh. He writes Civil War novels now. Does he? Yeah, fiction novels, him and another person. Wow. Know. Yeah, exactly. Mm. He tells this hilarious story. Um, Sam Raimi also loves to storyboard. Yep. He's very meticulous in that sense. And and when you watch the first well, Evil he's a comic Dead. Book fan. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah. You watch the first Evil Dead and you think to yourself, there's no way that a young person and he was twenty twenty years old yeah. when that was made. Um, there's no way a young person could go in and wing that film. But also storyboarding, if you look at it is when a very limited budget that he had, yep. storyboarding keeps yep. him keeps you honest. Yes. Sure you know, does. You, you can't stuff around especially with time and schedule like that unless you've got a story about what you want time is money yeah it's exactly. and they're in the money making game exactly exactly you know? um, so he tells this story about he storyboarded quick in the dead yeah and so he gave this book of storyboards to a whole heap of people who would then give it to cast members and say alright so we're going to shoot this tomorrow here are the storyboards for you and he gave um, some storyboards were given to Gene Hackman <laughs> Yeah. Who then goes up to Sam Raimi and goes, whatever you've drawn there, I will not be shooting tomorrow. So bring me something else. Oh, God. 
And so Sam Raimi said, we decided from that day on that we wouldn't show Gene Hackman any more storyboards. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, classic. Um, So after that, he goes on to, and this is where this sort of unknown quantity sort of comes for me again. Um, Goes on and does a heist film called A Simple Plan. Yep. Awesome. Um, I can't wait to see it. Written by Billy Bob Thornton. Really? Yeah, man. Yep. Starring Billy Bob. People forget that Billy Bob's actually a good writer, man. Yeah. So like he's he got done some shots. Sling Blade, man. And I don't know my knowledge of the film, little clips that I've seen, maybe trailers of A Simple Plan posters, makes me think it's a Coen Brothers film. Yeah, it, I always thought, yeah, it does. It does. It feels like he, he's trying out his Coen-esque. Yeah. So probably about the time Fargo's been released at Oh, that well, it stage. has a very Coen beat to it. Uh, yeah. Like to the um, plot. Yeah, you know okay. I mean? So, yeah, and then he goes on and makes a... This is the out of left field film. Yeah. This is the one that I go, huh? And it's called For the Love of the Game. For oh, Love of the Game, yeah. I should say. Yes. And it's a baseball film, a baseball romance. Yeah. Starring Kevin Costner. Hell yes. Hell yes. And Craig's excited. Oh, I'm so pumped for this film, man. <laughs> Kelly Preston. Yep, yep. So, Such a good film, man. It is just Costner at his most charming. And I'm going to throw it out there from Army of Darkness onwards. Actually, Dark Man onwards. Yeah. Raimi has this ability to pull together incredible casts. Oh, man. It's, it's, you know, it's, and that, I think that's an indication of talent. Yeah, that's exactly right, isn't it? Because you think in those days, he's got a simple plan is um, Billy Bob. Bill Paxton? Yeah. And is it um, Holly Hunter? And isn't it the, there was a young actress? What was her name? Oh, I can't remember. But that's Jennifer a, Jason, not Jennifer Jason. Oh, Jennifer yeah, Jason someone Lee? around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you think Quick and the Dead, Gene Hackman, Sharon Stone, Russell Crowe, and Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, man, that's huge. What a cast. Huge. All cast. four of those actors now, you could never see in a film again. No, exactly. And exactly. Sharon Stone was Hot, like oh, in in, yeah, in terms of property, she was a hot commodity in Hollywood. Oh yeah, definitely. big box office draw card. You know, they had talk- to throw in a sexy bath scene. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And I have a feeling we're gonna talk um, the opening of uh, Romancing the Stone when we get there because <laughs> I really I can't think Romancing the Stones that pulpy sort of yeah. western novel it feels without, like it's pulpy yeah, yeah from my memory of it Quick in the Dead and it's been a long time since yeah. I've watched Quick in the Dead um, for Love of the Game Kevin Costner Kelly Preston oh, you man. know big cast a big baseball match awesome. and then so good when we get to 2000 he releases a film called The Gift and when we're talking <sighs> casting this is wild. Oh, man. A, a psychological sort of supernatural thriller. Yep. A starring Kate Blanchett. The greatest actress in the world. Keanu Reeves. Wow, that's Katie right. Holmes. Katie Holmes' breasts. Um, that's true. Yeah, I totally man. forgot about Greg that. Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear. Um, Giovanni Rabisi, yeah, man. Yeah, and he was starting to be really oh, big man. around Giovanni, that time. He is one of... Th- you know, you have those actors in the world that when they die, you'll get upset, you know? Like Philip, Philip Seymour yes. Hoffman, you know what I mean? You know, like they'll never huge, huge, but you go, oh, really? Yeah, I love I that dude. Every, there's not a scene that that guy's ever been in that's disappointing. Can I tell you what I love him in? And Giovanni's one of them, man. He, as the as Phoebe's brother in Friends. Oh, man, he is He's awesome. He's so good, he is isn't he? He is awesome. 
I love it. I absolutely love nah, it. No, he's seriously, man. He is one of my favorite, just one of those underrated actors. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you should know. He, like, it's one of the, it's one of those, if you did what we do, for, but for actors, yeah. he'd be one of them. Cause oh, because he, he had like yeah, avatars. Av- yeah, exactly. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, man. Seriously. Uh, such man, a good actor. So good. And I love the man. I love it. So we get to 2002 and Sam Raimi releases Spider-Man. Starring Tobey Maguire. And this is the moment that... Thank um, you. Yeah, that's exactly right. And what's crazy is he talks about in uh, an, in an interview that I listened to, he uh, said that he wanted to be a part of... The, like, he's like, get me a pitch for that film. Yeah. And his agent was like, listen, um, I've talked to the studio. They've got a list of 16 directors that they want for this film. Yeah. And he's like, and you you, ain't on you're it. not on that list. And so he's like, oh, just whatever you do, get me in the room. Just get me in a room. Make me 17. And um, so they hustle, they hustle, they hustle. And then the he's like, have you got me in the room for Spider-Man? And the agent says, listen, they've got eight directors, that they eight new directors on this list, but you're not one of them. He's like, make me number nine, make me number nine. Fights and fights and fights. And they're like... Um, Oh, have you got me in the room yet? And they say, oh, they've got a new list of directors and it's down to three. And um, you ain't on it. And he got a chance to be the fourth pitching. Oh, cool. And the story is that the next day after the pitch that he did, um, he didn't pitch what his film was going to be. He, was, he, he went in for his um, interview and he told them, all the reasons why Spider-Man is great and why they should make the movie. Um, and he saw an article in Variety a couple of days later, hadn't heard anything, saying this was the list of the three directors that they were going for. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't, like, on the list. Yeah. And so he's like, I don't have it. Because Variety were reporting that so-and-so was the front runner. And I can't, for the life of me, I can't remember. I probably wrote it down for the Spider-Man episode later on. Um but then he got the call and he was chosen. And so and I'm so glad he did because one, Toby Maguire is fantastic casting. He's an amazing casting man. Yeah, yep. exactly. Can't wait to talk about that film. Yeah. It's gonna be huge. He is such a good casting. And and then, you know, I'm gonna be honest, um, Spider Man two yeah. is probably one of the best superhero films made. Oh man, seriously, these spot this whole Spider Man collection look even, you know, third. But you have to thank Raimi, man. Big time. Endgame comes out next month or the no, the month after. Yep. And you wouldn't have seen it without these three films. No, no. You know what I mean? Like this is this yeah. gave people this gave people the taste. Yep. This gave people the taste. No. You it it showed that we had films like Blade that are really crucial to Marvel Oh yeah, films. yeah, yeah. Um But Blade's still very as much as it's exciting. They never added any. Um, there was no depth. No, play, you know, no, apart no. until you got into the Guillermo part. Yeah, but there was no depth in it. Yeah, this they made showed Spider Man isn't just for nerds. Yes, and they showed well. They actually showed why nerds love it, and it yes. isn't because of the action parts. You know and I, mean? I think it was the moment that superhero films, Superman was always, and Batman were always. In yeah, the, in the forefront because they're beyond comics. Yeah, you know what I mean, like they're they're actually they're just, just as bigger movie stars now. Yeah, as they are comic book stars. It's like you make a Star Wars film, 
people yeah. want to see Star Wars. Yeah, you exactly. make a Batman film because they want to see Batman. Yeah, you know? exactly. exactly. Um, and so uh, Spider Man really cracked it open, and the world was sort of like, oh, superheroes are cool. Yeah, exactly. I want to see more superhero films. You know, so two comes out, it's amazing. Three comes out, it's, it's less than amazing. Um, and we'll get to that a bit later it's on. It's hodgy podgy. But it'll make for some damn good in- listening. Can't wait. Can't yeah. wait. <laughs> um, and so uh, 2004 is when Spider-Man 2 comes out. And uh, in 2006, the BBC reports that Sam Raimi was looking to direct a film based upon Terry Pratchett's The We Free Men. The We Free Men? Yeah. Now... I've only been introduced to Terry Pratchett recently, which is my father-in-law loves Terry Pratchett. What, like the Hog Father. Yeah, the whole Discworld series. Yeah, the whole Discworld. Um, yeah. And it's this really, it's like this is the only way I can describe it. You know when people talk to someone who's never who don't drink beer. Yeah. And people go, I "Don't know if I like beer. Mm, uh, ah, me. it's an acquired taste. Yes. But people still drink it. Oh, people love it. Yeah. You know, Discworld is an acquired taste. The Terry Pratchett Discworld oh, books. And there's a lot of... And they're very satirical. Yeah. Um, he draws from film a lot. So he makes The Hogfather, which yeah. is The Godfather, you know, and things like that. So The We Free Men, and I wrote a bit about what it's about because I thought it's just one of those obscure ones, mm. you know. Um, and so it's a kids slash uh, young fantasy book that's set within Discworld. And it's about a girl who sees the world differently to others. And so while she's near a river, two tiny blue kilted men warn her about a green monster. And then suddenly she gets thrust in their world. So essentially, it's Terry Pratchett's take on the Smurfs. <laughs> Set within Discworld. Um, so the film was uh, being made by Sony and uh, Pamela Petler was writing. Now, Pamela Petler wrote mm. Tim Burton's Corpse Bride. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, um, and the aim was to have Raimi make it. So imagine a satirical version of the Smurfs. Yeah. A dark satirical version of the Smurfs. And you sort of go, oh, God. Yeah, that, that's, that's you interesting. Know? That makes a lot of <laughs> It's quite, it's quite interesting, yeah. isn't it? Um, but in 2008, uh, Pratchett was interviewed about it, and he says, I saw a script that I, thr- I frankly thought was awful. It seemed to be We Free Men in name only. It had all the hallmarks of something that had been good, and then the studio got involved. It'll probably never get made. (laughs) 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 Which you probably wonder if they had taken his plot and thought, let's apply that to the Smurfs. Now, if I think about Smurfs, the original one that was released sort of years ago, there is this whole idea of being in a river... So, and then yeah. they get thrust into is the it, real it's a world. Yes, yeah, it's a Sony picture. Yeah. So I'm wondering, speculation here, not fact. I'm just putting that out there as yeah, a disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, that maybe Raimi was looking at a Smurfs film, to which they take Pratchett's novel. Yeah. And use the plot line as a Smurfs. We'll film. have to double check. Yeah. So Makes it would sense. be very interesting because the the Smurfs film originally was a hybrid of live action Smurfiness. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, interesting. Two thousand and seven, Spider Man three is released. <sighs> to critical and, applause. Yeah. <laughs> now following uh, Spider Man three, Raimi announces that he and his brother were working on Evil Dead four, which would be a sequel to Army of Darkness. Ah. Um, a year later. Can't wait to watch Army of Darkness because I can't remember what happens at the end. Uh, oh yeah, I do. Yeah, got it. Cool. 
I can't wait either because I've not seen it. But a year later, Raimi said that his brother was still working on the script. Um, and in March... Lazy bastard. Yeah. <laughs> March 2009, he said the script was completed. Uh, now, in 2010, um, the project was cancelled because Sam Raimi started developing another film, which was massive. Yes, I remember this one. I and, hope so. And this was because his focus shifted on a World of Warcraft film. Yeah. That's right. Now we'll get that was there. exciting. We'll get there a bit later. But and then after that, he moved on to do um, Oz the Great and Powerful. Now in 2013, um, the franchise was then um, rebooted. Yep. Uh, with Fede Alvarez's Evil Dead remake. Yes. So um, so yeah. So then in 2007, um, Spider Man Three was a huge film. Like on a box office, yeah, massive. Oh, it, it makes was. Sense. It made so much it was money. It's jumping off too. Yeah, and and I remember I went and saw it like two or three times at the movies. It was I probably one of the once. first ones that I went. I'm going to see it a couple of times. I think I watched it first time. Was like, oh my gosh, I got to see it again. The second time, I was like, I got to see it again to see if it yeah, is I, what I, I think. Didn't enjoy it, is. it. Maybe I was just in a bad mood. Yeah, and then the <laughs> third time, I was like, nope, I did not enjoy this. Um, so in 2007, it was um, announced that Raimi was going to develop a sequel to the third one. Yeah. With all the cast returning. Oh. Um, in 2008, he was asked by MTV about the sequel, and they advised, and he advised that not only was he making a four, he was going to shoot um, five. Back to back with four. So it'd be four and five filmed at once. Wow. And then once those were finished, they would start working on six. Yeah. So he had a whole trilogy that he was working on to release after those. Um, now, three is a bit notorious because there was a lot of studio tampering on the film. Yeah. Um, it's reported that Raimi didn't ever want to have Venom in the film. <sighs> okay. Venom was the studio pushing for that. He wanted it to be a Sandman film. Yeah. Which you watch the same. Supposedly it was Avi Arad. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I guess it sort of signaled a bit of the end of what could have been for the Arad sort of. Yeah. Um, the Arad Marvel Marvelverse. World. Yeah. Um, but so that sort of impacts four because already Raimi's sort of, and we're going to learn that when studios start dipping their hands in from this point on. Yeah. Raimi is very quick to cut the cord. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, it's almost like he got burnt by three. Yep. To and which he is to he is he is very apologetic for the film. He will come out and say he knows it's a bad film. Um, so because he's a fan. Yeah, he, he is. loves it. He loves it, and yep. it probably break his heart that his name is still on it. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah, yeah. In that essence, or that. That like he had delivered one and two in such a way, and yeah. he never got to deliver three. In yeah, that exactly, way. exactly. So, um, in two thousand and nine, uh, they were still working on the film, and it was reported that John Malkovich, as you mentioned before, Craig, Damn. would play Vulture. Damn. Um, and when you watch Spider Man Homecoming, you see how cool Vulture could have been. Oh hell yes, hell yes, and and Michael Keaton was good. Michael Keaton was awesome. Was he? And I do love the way they tied it in with Avengers. Yeah, you know, in that sort of timeline, really clever. And then it was also rumored that um, Anne Hathaway was hired to play Black Cat. Ah. Um, Raimi came out and said they tested with her and he really liked her, but she was not locked in for production. Yeah. Um, it was also rumored that in those films that Bruce Campbell would play Mysterio. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Which, again, Mysterio is coming for uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Can't wait to watch it, obviously. I have a day off work tomorrow, Craig. Tomorrow? Guess who's going to the cinema? Oh, awesome. Text me how it is. I will. I will. Um, in 20, 2010, Sony cancelled the project, and uh, it was after Raimi decided that he couldn't get the script together in time or in a way that he felt would serve the story well yep. and be engaging for watchers. Yeah. So, again, he got burnt in three, yep. and he wasn't going to let people down for four, five, or six. Yeah. Um, and... and um, He's he, in a later interview. Uh, I read that he said um, he went to Sony and he said, "I don't want to make a movie that's less than great, so I think we shouldn't make this picture. Go ahead with your reboot." Which at the time there was that that in two thousand and ten, it's like, well, if he doesn't hurry up and make his movie, it was yeah. almost like a weird ultimatum put out by Sony. Yeah, if he doesn't make his one. We're just going to go off and make a new version, and later they would. Yeah, uh, with Andrew Garfield being Which the wasn't amazing bad. Spider. I love Andrew Garfield. It wasn't Garfield bad, man. Andrew, Andrew Garfield is one of my. Yep. Look, I think everyone they've put as Spider Man has Great been casting, amazing, haven't they? Whilst not being a copy of the one before. You know what I mean? It's totally. been, they've been brilliant. They've yep. been brilliant. Like, uh, Garfield's probably the coolest. Yes, he is. You know what I mean? Like, that guy, you're just like, yeah, he's not really a nerd anymore, but he plays it brilliantly. Yeah. And Holland's the most. Truest to the comic book, and I do in essence, yeah. But the nerdiness, the nerdiest, is still by far. Well, by I far. Toby, Toby, um, man, Toby, Toby pulls off that nerdiness perfectly. He sure does, perfectly. and I love. I think we talked he's about not as this. Witty. In, no, he's not. But that's how he's written, and yeah. I, I loved. We talked about this in season one. I think really early on, maybe in the "I Want to Hold Your Hand" episode. Yeah. Um, Check that one out, actually. I, I revisited that one recently. I was like, man, we did really well for I'm our gonna first go, I'm going to go through. Oh, I'm going to revisit um, Contact again. Yeah. After watching oh, the man. VFX thing. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, Great video was, you I, popped I know, up, man. I was just watching and that guy pulled, oh, no, you legends. We we talked about in that episode about nerds because mm. there is that Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> whatever his name is. We <laughs> never learn his name. It's terrible. I feel a bit bad for him, but then I, I don't. don't. But Eddie's something. Um, <laughs> but we talked about how each iteration of Spider-Man that we've had is a reflection of what the idea of a nerd was at that time. Yeah. So Tobey Maguire is this bookish um, sort of loner. Yeah, awkward nerd. Emotional, yeah. really emotional, awkward. Nerd. awkward. Yeah. Um, whereas um, when you get to Andrew Garfield's, he's like, he skates, yeah, he's, he's actually what we would consider cool now. Yeah, but in those days was not cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, in this but, weird, and he's, he's a bit just, of a smart ass. Yeah, he's just not the thing that doesn't make him nerd is he's not athletic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we get to Tom Holland, who is pretty much like what nerds are these days. Mm. But nerds are so widely accepted. But he brings that teenager. Yes, feel to there's Spider-Man, the wonder you know to him. I mean? isn't yeah, there? it's almost you're almost, um, and I, I'm sure it's a conversation for later, but you it's almost you can pin it to certain parts of Superman. I mean, Spider-Man's um, comic book career. Yeah, teach of it. You know, the first the teenage kid, Tom Holland plays the teenage kid perfectly. I do feel Garfield's He's just in awe of seeing Captain America. Oh, and like that. You know how I mean? how good is that um, Captain America Civil War scene where he's first in the suit and yeah. going around? He's like, "Oh my gosh, it's you! Oh, yeah, this exactly. is awesome!" Um, <laughs> that thing's against physics. <laughs> <laughs> so good, but I do love Andrew Garfield's because my, for me, I grew up reading Spider Man. 
Mm. Um, in the time when Venom was big. Yeah, as I know. The, as the Venom nemesis. Venom and Carnage. Yeah. Era, yeah. Um, and so Garfield really embodies that run of Spider-Man yeah, well. Yeah, that, that the... Um, he, 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 he takes in... Peter Parker, not so much at school, but Peter Parker, the photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does really well. So I guess for three, I was really excited for Venom because for me, that's my Spider-Man run. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, like yeah. sort oh, of yeah. like you with Superman. Yeah, oh, no, definitely, you know? definitely. It's like that's my one. So when, when they could do Venom, I was like, oh, gosh, this is going to be amazing. And he looked cool. Yeah. You know, but mm, tougher grace as Eddie Brock. I'm not sure about that. Um <sighs> But anyways, we'll get there a bit later. So, following that, um, in March 2008, uh, Paramount Pictures held discussions with Sam Raimi to reboot the Jack Ryan series. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and Paramount ended up going a different That's on road. my wish list. Really? Yeah, because of Amazon Prime. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Krasinski is. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Neither have I, man. I'm it's really on my keen. wish list. I know, same, uh, same. We've same. got too many that we've got on our list at yeah, the moment. Yeah, so we've got a mad wish list. Um, yeah. But Paramount ended up going with Kenneth Branagh. Um, and he did the Jack Chris Ryan Pine. Shadow Recruit film with Chris not Pine. Not bad. Ke- obviously, Costner. Yep. Yeah, not bad. Good film. Yeah. It's a good film. Chris Pine is a great actor. Mm-hmm. He is a really good actor. Uh, 2009 comes around and um, Raimi releases Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> Loved it. I've not seen it. It scares me. I'm going to be honest. Oh, man. It, the cover it, alone scares it's me. It's scary. It's scary. So uh, I said to someone, someone asked me yesterday, what's the uh, director you're doing for season three? I said, oh, Sam Raimi. What films? We went through the, mm. the thing. I said, I watched The Evil Dead the other day. And I said, I really enjoyed it um, for, for the following reasons. And I said, which makes me terrified for Drag Me to Hell now because I know that he had budget restraints in the first film. Yeah. And with an open like and, wallet. And is just like oh gosh. From memory, it's not as it's not as gore porn. Okay, good. In essence, yeah. Um, you know, not that he was ever really predominantly into that gore yep. porn type thing, um, but it's it's not so much like that. It, he, I think he works more on the other horror angle of suspense and you know and and I guess some scares and stuff like oh, that. That's then, the bit that I then don't. it does more Ooh. with the you know like you know like. Blood pouring out, yeah. And cream corn coming oh, out of the arms and shit. Golly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what's really interesting about that film was in the nineties, Ramey and his brother um, Ivan wrote a script called The Curse. Cool. Um, and the film was meant to be a horror film focusing on a character like who wants to be a good person but makes sort of uh, sinful choices. Yeah. Um, it pays a price for it, uh, but de- development sort of stalled because. Um, Raimi really started focusing on Spider-Man. Yeah. So he held onto the script and he tried in 2007 to get Edgar Wright to make the film. Oh, really? Yeah. Has he ever gone into... His next film is a, is reported to be a horror film. Good. Um, Interesting. Something to do with Soho. I can't remember the word before. Um, but uh, Edgar Wright declined the, the chance to do it and Raimi sort of kept developing it, made a few changes... And the film actually ended up becoming Drag Me to Hell. Awesome. Awesome. So just a little journey of like 19 years to get that film released. But I love about Raimi, it seems like a lot of the time, that he yeah. has a good idea and he's like, I'm not going to let go of that. That's no, a great exactly. idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to hold on I'll just mull on it for a while. Yeah. So um, 
Some random ones start coming. There's a bit of a gap now. So we've got uh, 2009. His next film will be Oz the Great and Powerful in 2013, yep. um, which is his last released film wow, to date. Um, so there are a lot of these random rumors that come between that time. And, you know, so that we're talking four years. Yeah. You know, between projects. So in January 2009, um, a, a person named Siavish Farani. Oh, Fez. Spoke to, <laughs> spoke to IGN and said that he'd written a script based upon a graphic novel called Ruse and Sam Raimi will be directing it. Ruse, R-U-S-E? Yep, R-U-S-E. Um, and when I had a look into what Ruse is, um, it's a Victor- it seems really interesting. And this is one that I go, yeah. ooh, I, I wouldn't mind to see Raimi do this. It's a Victorian-style uh like a Victorian era style de- detective series um, that takes place on a planet where magic is normal. Cool. Okay. Um, and so it's basically a fantasy magical Sherlock Holmes. Oh, that'd be cool. So, Maybe that's what Carnival Row is like. Yeah. What is Carnival Row? So um, they live in a world where obviously it's a Victorian era world. Who's in it? Um, Orlando Bloom, Cara Delevingne, and it's oh. got fairies, it's got trolls and everything like that. But humans, really? are, humans are the higher race. Yeah. And is it a TV series? Yeah, yeah. It's on Amazon Prime. It'll, really? be pop- it'll be coming on very soon. So is the boys. Yeah. And we need sponsorship. Oh, man. Not sponsors be awesome. Amazon Prime. Um, and they basically, he, you know, there's a murder and stuff like that. And, and he's used to have this forbidden love affair with Cara Delevingne, who's a fairy. Oh, wow. I know, yeah. There's a couple of trailers That's intriguing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on to Amazon Very and just look at the trailer. Look, yeah, I hope, oh. it's, I hope it's good. Admittedly, the CGI looks a little bit shite on it, but I hope it's good. But it could be quite often you get half-finished CGI in trailers. Oh, it's green screen. Some of it's just mad, gross green screen. Hopefully they're tightening it up a bit. Yeah, they'll touch it up, I assume. So there's been no word on Ruse since. So you don't know whether it's sometimes people just throw a name out there to go get a bit of buzz on their yeah, script. Yeah, exactly, and see how get it goes. a bit goes. dodgy. So um, July 2009 comes along, and Sam Raimi is uh, announced as the director of World of Warcraft. Wow. Now, I remember when this was announced because Craig and I got very excited. Very excited. I've never been a WoW fan. Yep. You know, like I say WoW with a slight disdain. Yeah. But... um. But yeah, still, you know, you know, oh, it's just yeah. Lord of the Rings time, man. Yeah, this is, yeah. is going to be good. And to take that sort of, I can't remember. Oh, I wish I remember when John Carter was released. But there was that time that we were really loving those sort of, yeah, those world sort of built films. Yeah, and exactly. I think films like that show that World of Warcraft could have worked as a film. Oh, it could have worked. It could have worked. Um, and I'm not going to say it didn't work because in 2016, Duncan Jones. Releases it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. beautiful film. Opportunity missed. Yeah, opportunity. Very, like, like yeah. the effects are amazing. Yeah. Like, there's, there's really, it's one of those things where you go, hey, well, if you had a checklist, you go, yeah, tick, 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 but it still doesn't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Probably using um that Aussie guy, you know, the one from Viking. He still always just looks like he's drunk. Yeah, it does, he's doesn't just, he? He's always just like yeah, that drunk, sleazy guy. Swagger sort yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I'm a Viking. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> I think watching, we watched World of Warcraft semi-recently, and I remember thinking it's like two movies have smushed into one. Yeah, exactly. I think and it's, so you're sort of skipping the pieces. 
Like the last season of Game of Thrones. It's You're missing one or two episodes. Actually, it's more like... Yeah, yeah it's very much it's like... It's like the second or third film of the series. Yes. You know what I mean? Like We've get, missed other bits. Yeah, it it should have started more of a baseline. Yeah. You know, um, you know, maybe just, you know, first meeting a trial and stuff. Then get into these epic battles towards yeah. the end. But I think they just jumped to the end of the Lord of the Rings. Do you think that they quickly. may have like played to the fans a bit too much in um, the film? Think so, yeah. 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 I think they didn't build the world as much as they could have. You yep. know what I mean? Like there's some awesome actors in there, man. There are, like, there are. You know, ben Foster. Ben Foster, that's right. Oh, yeah, I know you love, ben. love Ben Foster. Well, it's interesting because um, there was an interview with Vulture that they just straight out asked Raimi on a couple of things. They asked yeah. him about Spider-Man Four, which Good. is where I got that quote before, and they flat out asked him about World of Warcraft, and he said that um, Robert Redat was working on the script and it was taking a long time. Um, with Raimi, um, and he says, I think they were getting a little antsy at Legendary, which is the production company. Yeah. Actually, what happened was even more complicated, so let me go back a bit. First, they asked me if I wanted to make it, and I said, yes, I love World of Warcraft. I think it'll make a great picture. Um, sorry, I just about choked he's on my spit in that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's just, so he's seriously, he's just, his body's breaking down I know. <laughs> in front okay. of my eyes. I am. Um, <laughs> just going to hear... Uh, I, I was actually at work till about five this morning. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I'm, oh, that's right. You're doing I'm, it on the streets. I'm, man. I'm a little bit weary. Um, so I'm doing all right to be this perky. Yeah, at this no, stage you are, of the you day, are quite perky. Well done. Um, well done. So he says, so I read a screenplay that they'd written by the guys at Blizzard, who are the developer of the game World of Warcraft, and it didn't quite work for me. I told him that I wanted to make my own original story with Robert, so we pitched it to Legendary, and they accepted it. And then we pitched it at Blizzard, and they had reservations, but they accepted it. Uh, Then Robert wrote the screenplay, and only once he was done did we realize that Blizzard had veto power, and we didn't know that. And they had never quite approved the original story we pitched them. So those reservations were their way of saying, uh, we don't approve of this story and we want to go a different way. So after we'd spent nine months working on this thing, we basically had to start over. And Robert did start over, but it was taking too long for the people at Blizzard and their patience ran out. And he says, uh, honestly, I think it was mismanagement on their behalf, not to explain to us that the first story was vetoed long ago. Why'd they let us keep working on it? Were they afraid to tell me? Yes, they were. Yeah, yep. there's so many times in business, yeah, that you have meetings like that. I have a little bit of reservation. Oh, okay, cool. Well, you know, keep going ahead. And then you yeah. find out later that that was the person who, who could have just shit it all. And you're like, why don't I put all this evidence? in? Yep. Just say no. And I, I won't get offended. It's business. God's sake, people. And <laughs> if you're passionate about a project, if mm. someone had said in month one, Mm. Look, we're not really digging the storyline. Could you do this, 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 and yeah, this? Yeah, let's let's try to find something. That's maybe the, maybe a balance could have been found. Yeah. So real opportunity lost. Very disappointing. Here's one that I think you'll find really interesting. Cool. In 2010, it was announced that uh, by the Hollywood Reporter that Raimi would direct a film called Erp Saints for Sinners. Ooh, that. Okay, it's based on a graphic novel. Yeah. And it's basically a sci-fi reinvention of Wyatt Earp. Yeah. Where Earp, his two brothers, and Doc Holliday take on outlaws in a ravaged futuristic society. Oh, cool, cool. So, futuristic cowboys. There's a a Winona Earp one. Oh, really? Yeah, TV series. And and it's a magical gun of Wyatt Earp and stuff like that. And they go, she takes on vampires. 
Whoa. No, no, or am I getting confused with Van Helsing? But there is an Earp <laughs> one. There is an Earp one as Something. well. Something. Yeah, there, there is some. <laughs> so um, in 2012... Uh, it was reported that Disney were looking to Sam Raimi to direct the fifth installment of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, wow. And um, Raimi refused. Just yep. wasn't really interested to enter that Johnny world. Jed probably freaked him um, out a bit. But he went on to direct Oz for Disney. So Good. it started the relationship yeah. that ended up going from there. So in 2013, uh, Sam Raimi releases Oz the Great and Powerful. And it's really interesting. He talks about the film and how... He was like... Um, Still haven't seen it. Oh, well, this is going to be very interesting. That's why I'm interested in this season, man. There's a couple that I'm like, man, I just haven't a seen A lot of it. unknown quantity. I think I love that as well because Zemeckis was like that. Yeah, There was exactly. unknown quantities throughout. Yeah. Uh, Zack Snyder. Yeah. I felt like... Known. Yeah, yeah he, exactly. he was so... Treading, I, I, everywhere you tread, there was like, there's someone who's been there before. And can I say... Put shit there. I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't be concerned... Because I love our fourth season director. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil anything mm-hmm. until later in the season. But I'm, I am a little concerned because I've watched that director's films so often. <laughs> but it'll be good. It, well, yeah. when, the difference is when you're watching them back to back and you, you actually see it as you see it as a director's character art, yeah. in essence. Yes. It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. It's the same with Snyder. That's why I appreciated it a lot more. You, yep. you see a character arc. You saw his character, like, and like I said, I appreciate the Snyder cut more yep. because I saw his character arc where it was going yep. and then where, um, you know, the last one went, yep. Justice League went. And you go, yeah, that's not in line with where his character arc yes. was going. Yeah, so a good. Mm. So good. So um, he was he was a bit concerned about making us. Yep. Uh, rightly so. It's a classic. Yeah, exactly. It's a classic. And it was really interesting because he talks about the original and he says he is amazed by the original at, at their ability to basically make a horror film. Yeah. Or a film with some really horror moments. And it's considered one a great family classic. Yeah. And you think about the flying monkeys. They're terrifying. Or the idea of throwing a bucket of water and it being acid to someone and they melt away to yeah. nothing. You know, Horrible. those moments yeah, yeah. are scary. So, um, so, and when you think in that sense... Sam Raimi makes a lot of sense to yeah. to be hired for a remake, yeah, exactly. you know, or a, a continuation. Um, so after its release, Disney announced they wanted a sequel uh, to Oz the Great and Powerful and all the actors going to reprise their roles. And it's another great cast. Yeah. You know, James Franco at the time was a big actor. Yeah, but um, I, didn't know, I didn't know if he could carry a franchise. Yeah, but um, what I didn't realise is at the same time, his film before this was the Planet of the Apes reboot. Yeah, but see, Planet of the Apes to me isn't an. Oh, I don't know. It always struck me. You as can't more f- talk about what you've not watched. I know, sucker. I know, but I don't. That and the, but I don't think it was based upon the actors. Yeah, and true. I think if you watch, if even if you look at the whole franchise, yeah, there's different most of different actors throughout yeah, the whole true. thing, and it's not a it's not an actor based franchise where it, it's carried. It's carried by. Well, if you want to look at, you say Andy Circus. Oh, it's, it's 100% yeah, Andy Circus. But Serkis it's, you know, it's it's a story-based thing, and I think that's what made it really good. I don't, I still don't see um, James Franco as a, any form of a leading actor. Well, he's become very indie now, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. He's gone down the indie road. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he needs to have a big cast around him to actually yeah, bring him forward. Yeah. And, you know, when your female leads in Oz the Great and Powerful, Amila Kunis um, and Rachel Weisz, um, two amazing actresses. Yes. Two amazing. And Rachel Wise, man, I was watching, what was I watching of her? The so other, oh, underrated. Constantine, obviously. Um, and yeah, she's 
beautiful, man. Yeah. She's beautiful. I she love is. her so much. She's one of the most, yeah. Her and my, Mila Kunis is just amazing. So, Disney want a sequel to Oz. Yep. Raimi turns it down because he's going to start working on the Evil Dead remake. He's producing it. So, he's too consumed with that. And yeah. it is his baby. Yeah, exactly. Um. In 2014, um, Deadline reports that uh, Remy was in talk to direct a film called Love May Fail. Now, it's based upon a novel by Matthew Quick um, and scripted by Mike White. Mike White? Yeah. Um, you'll know him as soon as you, you see him. He's sort of like a skinny, blonde-haired guy. I think he's friends with Jack Black. There was that whole black-white thing going on. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. I've but been getting into the he's sort of real lately. quirky... Um, Quirky sort of indie comedies, sort of in that 2000s. Is it Mike Judge? No, Mike White. I'll show you a picture later. You'll know him for sure when you see him. You'll be like, oh. Was he in a school of rock with him? Uh, Or am I getting confused with Mike Judge? Oh, Am I I permitted to use my phone? Yeah, 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 because I'm getting confused. Because Mike Judge, he plays the, because I know that guy was on Survivor twice. Oh, I think you're talking about the same person. Mike White. Here we I go. I thought his name was Mike Judge. Mike White. Yeah, so you're right. Yeah. That guy. That's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he so was on Survivor. Yeah, he was on Survivor. Yeah, yeah. So I've just got his name. Who, I don't School know. School of Rock. Yeah, so but, um, he's he's written a few things. He wrote Pitch Perfect 3. Didn't yeah, you know that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. The Emoji movie. He's he been on there it. twice. He's been on Really? Yeah. I know this. My wife is huge Survivor uh, fan. He wrote a film that I was really big on for a while there, uh, Nacho Libre. Oh, the orphans! <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the the that's film, one of the most underrated films ever, man. Yeah, I don't I know, see I why know. so many people aren't quoting that oh, verbatim. The people who love it, oh, they love, I, oh, love it. it, love it. Nacho Libre. I've got a friend. He plays bass. It's like Napoleon Dynamite in Mexico. It's so funny. Well, it's the same people. Same yeah, exactly. So, so you know. Did I mean? you ever see Gentleman Broncos? No, I haven't. Same guys. Is it? Yeah. And the story is, oh, it's so good. Uh, Sam Rockwell, uh, Jermaine Clement, <gasps> Michael Angarino is um, sort of a young guy. He's a, uh, so young guy writes a fantasy novel. Yeah. Goes to a writer's camp where Jermaine Clement is the world's biggest sci-fi writer. I think I've, yes, yes, writer. yes, yes, yeah. Um, so Jermaine steals the kid's idea and writes his own version of it. So then Sam Rockwell plays the lead in both versions of the book. Yeah. And so in one, he's like this tough fantasy person. And in Jermaine's book, he's like this really camp. He's got like <laughs> long hair with like, yeah, it's, you got to see it. It's so interesting. Oh, really underrated. Um, I love Jermaine. Love him. Me too. Oh, Me I have too. a friend at work. His name's Brett and, and he's never watched any of Flight of the Concord. <laughs> and he, every time I go, get it together, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just get it together. And I just like, oh, you're not coming to my rotunda tours no more. <laughs> <laughs> he just so goes over good. his head and it hurts me. It actually literally hurts me. Um, 2016 comes around. Sam Raimi's rumored um, to be in talks with Sony to remake a French prison drama called A Prophet. Yeah. Um, and this is where we start getting to sort of the, the time where really there's some um, possibilities of this is what we might see. Cook, cook, this cook, is cook. things that he could be working on. 
not confirmed. Just taking his time. Yeah, taking his time. So in February 2016, it's reported that Sam Raimi would direct World War Three for um, Warner Brothers. World War Three, um, And it's a film that takes inspiration from a book by George Friedman um, called The Next 100 Years, a forecast for the 21st century. And the book looks at past his- historic patterns yep. and then applies them to things going on today to try and predict the next so our war with years. Iran that's coming up. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I wrote down a few just so we get it. So, like, uh, the U.S. jihadist war will conclude and be replaced by a full-blown uh, Second Cold War with Russia. Oh, yeah, already going, yep. China will undergo a major um, extended internal crisis and Mexico will emerge as an important world power. Um, a new global war will they unfold. They are already a world power. Man, all that cocaine, man. It's <laughs> on there, man. Hollywood, Hollywood, if they shut down, man, Hollywood shuts down. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, they they uh, predicted that a new global war will unfold uh, toward the middle of the century between the US and an unexpected coalition from Eastern Europe, Eurasia, and the Far East. Oh, wow. Um, wow, that's interesting. They said technology will focus on space, both uh, for major military uses and dramatic new energy well, resources. I hope so. We aren't focusing too much on space anymore, man. Yeah. That's we're a sad due. thing in life. We're yeah, due. We're, we're due to start heading out there. You I know? do like the fact that space films are back. Yeah, I like space films. I hope that means people are getting inspired to yep. go out to space more. You know what I mean? Where's the Mars mission at? Because I know a few years ago they had people going around like saying, oh, I'm part of the program where they'll colonize yeah. Mars. I don't know I'd be now. interested to know where that's yeah, at. Yeah, where these people are just going to land on the moon and stuff again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I, well there is a new... it was fake the first time. There is a new sort of moon program um, being undergoing at the moment. Yeah, see, that's what I want, man. I, yeah. want, I want people to start looking towards the stars again instead of so at each other. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's... Very dramatic. From then on, there hasn't been a lot of sort of, it's not going to happen, it is going to happen, it's not going to happen, yeah. it is. Who knows? But that's an interesting sort of thing. So he was going to take that concept that the book's predictions and then turn that into a, a sort of film. Yeah. Okay, so fictionalised. Um, and in... T- June 2016, Hollywood Reporter uh, reports that Raimi is looking to produce and possibly direct a film called Tornado Heist. Um, no, it's a Tornado Heist film, sorry, called Stormfall. <laughs> um, and the idea is that basically takes place in the Carolinas during Tornado series. Yeah, yeah. And that's a heist film taking place while tornadoes are ripping stuff Wasn't up. there one called Heavy Rain? Probably. Christian Slater and Morgan Freeman. Oh, heavy rain. Do you know what? Every time I saw it, Chubby it at the video, Chubby Rain. Chubby Rain, too. I'm going to get you, sucker. <laughs> Chubby Rain. Going to get you, but sucker. Yeah, yeah and, that's all, and that's about like a, um, yeah. a heist. And there's alligators and stuff going around. Yeah, it's there's, in the both, there's a new horror film like that, too. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, which which is Barry Pepper in it, and it yep. looks looks good. Looks good. Barry Pepper. Oh, Barry Pepper, man, he could have gotten further than he went. <sighs> Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, yeah. What did so I watch good. him in the other day? Oh God, I watched Monster Trucks. Oh, we watched that. Yeah, yeah. That guy could have been bigger than he was. Yeah, well, he was like Jake, in the Jake X- Till, Jacob Till. Oh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, he was sort of a bit annoying in the new X Men movies. Oh, is he? Who's in the guy with the stuff oh, out of his chest? Who the guy with the stuff out of his chest? Havoc! <laughs> God damn it, man! <laughs> All right, look, I can tell you anything. Scott beyond, Summers' brother. 
It just started like bothering me the X Men series, so I just was oh, like, yeah, I haven't watched the last one either. That's, I that, haven't either. That, that I'm not interested heart. in any way. Yeah, shape same, or form, and that man. breaks my heart that I'm not interested. Someone give it a five year wait. Someone will reboot it really sick. Oh, they are. He's um, Feige says it probably won't be till 2022. Yeah, good. That you'll start sit on it, it, Kevin. Sit on it. Yeah. Um, not saying that in a rude way. February 2017, uh, uh, Hollywood Reporter mind, says that Raimi was looking to direct a film called Bermuda Triangle for Skydance Productions. Ah. And this is the one that on uh, HSX did a little bit of movement this week. Ah, did and it? And I was like, ooh, interesting. Uh, it's described as a mystery thriller that centers around the Bermuda Triangle and at one stage actually had Johnny Depp attached. Oh, really? Yeah. I hope not. Oh, Johnny's a bit dirty word at the moment. They'll take... They'll switch him out and someone else will go in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think he can... Edward I Norton. think he's not leading a film now, but yeah. I think he's the perfect person to be like that Marvel villain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depp's yeah. the villain. That sounds awesome. You know, like Green... Like, who he's now, Grindelwald. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? I would, Green Goblin. Yeah. Green Goblin. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Green Goblin. You know what's a sick then? Sam Raimi, who'd be a good... He'd be a good one. Tell me. World War Z. Oh, shut the front door, Craig. Like if he just pared it back a bit. Imagine if he did it just like the comic, uh, like the book. No, do you know who I want to do World War Z? Christopher Macquarie. Really? Yep. Yeah, he could do it. Yep. But you know, him. he's too attached to Tom now. Oh, he's a he's a thrown out of Tom left field. Back in it, that'd be oh, awesome. Tom, Tom, I don't want Brad Pitt to be removed. No, 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 no Tom Brad and Brad. Pitt. You know, it'd be an old. Uh, do you know who would be sick? Different. Give him a, a studio film. He, it's a bit out there though, Craig. Just for me, forgive me. Uh, Dan Gilroy. Nightcrawler. Oh yeah. Did um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nightcrawler's sick. hardcore film. Yeah. Oh, hardcore man, film. Love the, it. Like you can know he's an amazing director when you feel the film and you want to have a shower after. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You're like, Ugh. Ugh. And it's so, not because it was just so gross, it's just because it's so you just you're in a world that yeah. you just feel uncomfortable. It's so yeah. lived in. Yeah, man. Awesome. Oh. Awesome. Um two more to go. Following the the um release of Justice League. Just tying in with season two, just Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Listen to our ja- Justice League <laughs> episode, though. It's a, a Listen really to our good old Zack Snyder season. Um, Sam Raimi was one of three names uh, approached to do a standalone The Flash film. Hmm. Along with season one's director, Robert Zemeckis. Wow. And Matthew Vaughn. <sighs> I'd rather Matthew Vaughn. Me too. Um, Zemeckis would have done a great job. Yeah. I, I I think Raimi would be good if you're going to the DC. I would like him to do Green Lantern. Oh, lordy! You know what I mean? And make yeah. it a little bit dark. Imagine a like Green a, Lantern cause yeah, and Sinestro. You know Oof. the villainous. You know Oof. creating villainous stuff. You know what I mean? Like Craig. creating it. Yeah, awesome. Talk to me about it. Craig. Oh yeah, oh, I love it. Vibe. All right, last one. January 2018, Sam Raimi was direct, announced as director of a film based upon a series called The King Killer Chronicles. Isn't oh! that a sick title? No, it's it's. Have a you read it? Awesome book. Is yeah, it, man? Both. It's um. So it's done so well. So it's um about this this legendary guy. It's it's, it's almost like if you sat down and had a beer with Gandalf. That's yes. how this, that's how the story plays. So he's, oh, I love it. He runs this he runs this old pub. Like he's still sort of a heroish, and and a, and people and this one person's come in and, and just started asking me story, and he tells him his story. Oh, and I it, love and it. And it goes through how it goes through all this um all this tale about how this guy became oh, this person, awesome. the King Killer Chronicles. Um, there's currently two books released. Yep, Wise Man's Fear and the Name of the Wind. Um, and 
And then there's one third one. There's a third one. I love this book, man. Seriously, I love this book, man. I wait. I'm waiting for this and um, an Abercrombie. Yeah, these books are just awesome. Sadly, I just bought the Mistborn trilogy, which is Brad Sanderson, which is meant to be awesome. So yeah, coming soon from first to last book club. (laughs) 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 That'd be a bit of fun, actually. I'm trying to get more back into just reading um, fantasy. As am I. Yeah, I've been reading the uh, the books I enjoy because I've tried to. I tried to go. Oh, I'm trying to be a little serious, and I just bored shitless, and I couldn't get out of. I just watched a read a book called. uh, we'll just get onto it. I forgot. We'll talk about there. this offline. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk about it so, offline. I, I busted out the His Dark Materials again after seeing the trailer too. Yeah, um, and he's released a new one, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, Northern Lights. Is that Amazon Prime too? Ah, uh, BBC. Oh, James McAvoy. Yeah, um, man. Oh, he's just popping up in everything. Yeah, so good. It's like he's but about to retire. Second time. It's probably my third time around reading the, the series again because mm. uh, I did get given the book of dust for, yeah. for Christmas. Um, so I thought I'd read them again. The second and third books are so good. Oh man, seriously, I had the collection. What a world. I don't know where they are now. What a world they Remember built. Remember we had that we we bought those beautiful. Yeah, we did. I don't yeah, know do where mine have, went. Yeah, I had see, to rebuy them again. Yeah, did someone someone must have just stolen them because they were yeah. the beautiful gloss color. Yeah, they were and yeah, they were the a bit orange, wider. Blue, yeah, mm. man. What yeah. a sad thing. Good days. Sadly, Good days. um <laughs> in twenty eighteen Raimi um was reported as no longer attached to uh King Killer Chronicles. I know, so, man. I remember when he was attached to that. He would have done so well because it's similar to his taste. Yes. So that's sort of where we are at today. There's been no word of what he's working on. He's just disappeared. He's just, he says in a, in a I listened where to an interview in 2015 and he said, I've got to get back into it because I'm worried I'm going to lose my touch. <sighs> so he's itching to make a film. Um, and, you know, that gets us here to where we are, Craig. So Hashtag, where is Sam Raimi? Come back, Sam. Tell me, Craig. Start of the season. We're coming to the end of our intro episode to Sam Raimi. Yep. What two films are you most looking forward to? Simple plan. Spider-Man 2. So good. Oh, I love the Spider-Man 2s in there. Yeah, man. You I, gotta, I just... I just I w- Simple plan because I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's a mix between Simple plan and The Gift. Yeah. Because I just can't wait to see The Gift again. Because I loved it the first time. I'm surprised I haven't. You know, it's one of those movies. Wait, I haven't watched it It's hard to find. Yeah. I haven't got it yet because yes, I can't find it. Same. I, I thought I had it somewhere on DVD. So I'm going to have to do another search. I want to watch that. And then obviously Spider-Man 2 because it's Spider-Man 2. Yeah. I, I'd i say for me, I'm really keen on seeing Darkman again. Yeah, that'd be interesting, man. Because I don't know whether it's... Cutting off his fingers with these little um, cigar cigar things, yes. He was a good character actor, but we'll talk about him later. And I'm really excited for Spider-Man 1 because Spider-Man 1 was one of those first films I got when I bought a DVD player for the first time. Oh, when you bought your $800 DVD player. Damn, Jeff. I always look at that and I always go, damn. I bought this really nice box set that they'd released for DVD yeah. that had so much special features and I literally it was that film that I'd be like what movie do you want to watch let's watch Spider-Man and I just put it on all the time and so it's like I'm so excited to see if I still feel as much joy watching it you know I don't know how long it's been but I know that in that period in the early 2000s yeah. I probably watched it hard for like two or three years oh yeah man definitely so to see if it brings me as much joy. The series, actually. I'm hoping for a bit of redemption in Spider-Man 3, but I don't know if I'll get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think we'll get that. But it'll be interesting to watch. 
So I'm so excited. I'm really excited to see. I'm I'm going to keep with our tradition that we started last season, which is that we'll rank our directors at the end of the yep. season. I'm really interested to see. I have no idea. I would throw it out there that Spider-Man 2. Let's make a prediction now. What do you think your favorite is going to be and what do you think your worst is going to be? Jeez, That's an interesting one. Spider-Man 2. Yep. And then it'll probably, I don't know, I haven't seen Crime Wave. It'll be yep. Crime Wave and Spider-Man 3. <laughs> yeah, that's a real good. That's a real good thing. Um, I'd probably go. This is what I think. My number one, Spider Man Two, is probably what right now. Oh, Quick and the Dead though. Uh, Spider Man yeah, Two. Quick and the Dead's so good, man. That's an unknown quantity. Yeah, isn't I know. Because you haven't watched it in a while, I'm but scared. I remember it being stylish and amazing. Um, I think Spider Man Two will probably be the one that I go. Oh, I love it. Dark Horse. I think Simple Plan could be a Dark Horse in this. Yeah, same. Um, I could have be a, f- a contact. Yeah, yeah, mm. totally. Um. I feel that uh, Crime Wave may be quite low. Yeah. And I'm worried that just in the scheme of things that uh, For Love of the Game might be reasonably low as well. Just looking at the context of these films. Um, But I'm hoping to be surprised. Oh, yeah. It was Kevin Costner. So he hasn't made a bad film ever, Jeff. Yes, ever. Yes, Craig. I know you've said ever. This. You love okay, him. him and Christopher Lambert. Him. I've never made a bad, <laughs> never made a bad film. All right, Craig just needs. That's like, my that's my greatest thing. You just for just Kevin Costner and Christopher Lambert just sitting at a table. Talking. Welcome, welcome to the uh, Kevin Costner podcast, and uh, I'm your host <laughs> Jeff Reed. Uh, <laughs> I'm joined today by Craig Killian because um, Constantine's doing a, um, written a film that. Christopher Lambert will be in. I did see that. Shout out to Constantine. Yep. Oh man, you're a great supporter. We love you. Yeah, man. Oh, Hope oh, you're doing well. I'm incredibly, I'm incredibly jealous. And so, yeah, Christopher Lambert in his I film. I know, man. Damn. So good. Well, Craig, there is the journey of Sam Raimi awesome. until now. This is what we're in for this season. That's I'm so such excited. A good season. And I think you see his films mixed with what could have been. Yeah. Shows that he's a director that even when he's not working, he's really in demand. Yeah, People want a- him to be a part of it. And I think he's a meticulous director in terms of building a world that his films yeah. are going to be in. Um, and I love that about him. Oh, man, I, I can't wait to dive deeper into it. Yeah. I think there's yep. going to be so many skills and, and lessons and stuff like that you're just going to it's going to blow your mind, man. Yeah. So much signature moves that you just yes. don't. That you haven't either picked up on or you've forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. Well, next week, Craig, next we're going to hit our first film. Yeah. Uh, the film is The Evil Dead. Can't wait. From 1981. Older than Jeffrey Bruce Reed. Damn. I was two years old. So. Yeah. Well, one year old. I wasn't two. born. I was, I was not born. So I can't wait to, to talk that. That'll be next week, guys. We're so keen to bring that for you. Yep. Um, where can people find us, Craig? You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter at FFTL Podcast. Yes, yes. Go, go on Facebook. We're at FFTL Podcast. Or you can email us or go to our website, www.fftlpodcast.com. Yes, I love it. And hit us up throughout the season. We're going to throw it out to you. Mm. Um, tell us what films you'd love us to do, either yep. a revisited episode or a one-off 
hit yeah. of a, an episode, don't make it one of those ones that it's like they've got a great body of work and it'd just be wasted. Yeah, exactly. Let's not go Guillermo Let's, del Toro's films or yeah, something or, like that. Or, or Spielberg E.T. Yeah. or anything like that, man. Look, because you can throw a rock and hit a podcast about those. Yep. Let's try Let's try some weird, yes. awesome ones. You know what yes. I mean? Let's not go... Italian though Let's not go like Your original Suspiria And crap like that uh, Argento type stuff Nah but Let's keep it here Nah let's Look Keep it I'm looking right over there Rain of Fire's calling our name Craig Oh, oh. Jesus <laughs> oh, I thought you were looking At Prince of Persia You know I I rate Prince of Persia Oh Ed, I always have bad memories Of Prince of Persia Mike Newell have a look at his filmography, yeah, Craig. True, true, have true. a look at his. So, but we want to hear about what you think would be a great, yep. a great film. Buried, buried. Oh, freaking love buried. There we go. Anyways, throw stuff at us. Hit us up. Talk to us. We Talk love to us. it. Yeah, exactly. I love that Chat guys on. have been chatting about what film they're most excited about. Yep. Um, I'm really interested to hear how people feel about Raimi through this season. Yeah, man. And I hope you hope you discover heaps more of Raimi too. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm so keen. Bring no, on next I'm week, not, Craig. No, no, I'm so, so stoked. I'm so proud. I've got my little shaking fist going in excitement. Yeah, shake harder, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, join us next week. You can find us on, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. We're yeah. there wherever you podcast. We're everywhere are now, man. I know. We I are. Know, we're yeah. everywhere, man. Yeah, we're everywhere, I man. love it. I love it. So, from all of us here at From First to Last Podcast, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Craig Killian. And we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.